Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome into the opening drive. Carrie Davis is here. Brooke Grimsley is here. Okay, Matthew Rocchio is here. Randy Carricker is not. He's oh out today. God. And it is just the three of us for this Friday. Happy Friday for everyone in the <laughs> studio and everyone that is listening. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. A, we, uh, good. a good Friday. I have like three drinks Friday? in okay. front of me. You do have three. This is intriguing. Why and do you then have three cups? even a cookie. Because I <laughs> I need a lot of just fuel, fluid. Okay. I don't know. I'm trying so, something different because in the mornings, you know I'm getting used to the mornings, uh-huh. right? I've been trying to figure out a breakfast routine because okay. I don't like waking up and dealing with making eggs in the morning. Okay. Sometimes you'll see me come with a protein bar, but that's a little, well, I'm, I was about to say a little sweet, and then I have a smoothie <laughs> right in front of me. I, I, that's what I want to know. You got three cups. Smoothie. Okay. Coffee. Okay. With lion's mane mushrooms. Oh, okay. In there. And then water. I don't know what that is. All right. And water. Yes. You got three three beverages. There, there. You, how did so you carry that the in? Smoothie, uh, the smoothie day. I literally all in one arm. It was my serving and bartending experience came in handy this morning. Okay. Carry, carrying in all these drinks. So we'll see how the smoothie holds me throughout, well, the, you throughout see, the day. You see my drink. I, I just carry one. Just one big. I usually put water. It's, not, it's oh empty right now. I was going to say, did you already get no, through that I haven't, this morning? I haven't filled it up yet. I gotta. I didn't have enough time. <laughs> got to fill it up later in. So hopefully we'll get that done. I know Curbs was freaking out when he saw that. Yeah. When he came in the other day, he was like, you drink that all throughout the day? Yeah, and I, now people can see on YouTube. It's yes. one of those where it, it takes a, a while. A, it ha- and it has uh, in in uh, great great things to keep you going. Encouragement. You know, keep things. chugging, keep feeling chugging. awesome. Remember You've gone to the goal. bathroom yeah. 20 times today. It, at least. Is that in there? It, it oh, should okay. be. <laughs> <laughs> Trip number five. <laughs> so the Cardinals are home today, starting their three-game series versus the Washington Nationals. The All-Star break has ended. They are back into the flow of things. We will see how well they are able to push forward in this second half because it's going to be an important one. A lot of things taking place, trades potentially happening, uh, some movement going on for the Cardinals if they don't show anything here in the next couple of weeks. In the next couple of weeks, what are your thoughts on that, Brooke? What do you think that the Cardinals need in order to make a push for the playoffs here in the second half? God, that's like the million-dollar question, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is, actually. It's our question of the day, isn't it? It's it's the theme Sorry, of what? today. Sorry, what? For a push for the playoffs? <laughs> I think playoffs might be a little steep, but you always have to build. build. You yes. have to build for right now. You have to build for 2024. I'm interested to see if they're going to make a bolder move during the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. When I'm saying bold, this is where you're going to trade a couple of guys. This is kind of your puke point, guys, that you are. it's going to be very painful to see leaving this organization. Maybe a Tommy Edmond, maybe a Brendan Donovan. I think Brendan Donovan's a little bit out of that discussion now because, I told, as I was saying yesterday, I don't think you can remove him with how useful he's been in so many different situations that it's made it a little bit easier possibly parting with other players. People have also brought up Lars Newtbar, but, yeah. but what is interesting is Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch actually just put out an article last night, and he was on the foul territory, and he brought up that Lars Newtbar is an untouchable. Now, 
Carrie Rocchio, you know, as a nutty neuter of Newt Nation, the president ecstatic. and CEO of the fan club of Lars Newt. Don't Newport. shoot That's yourself. Great don't shoot yourself. I mean, treasurer, <laughs> oh, vice everything. president, uh, leader of marketing. I oh mean, yes. everything. Yeah, yeah I That's mean, a lot of jobs every, for, for, for one person. Everything. I think... I was a little surprised to see Derek Gould say that Lars Newtbar was a name that mm-hmm. they wouldn't be moving. Because when I heard Mosaic say with Martin Kilcoin the other day on Fox 2, we're going to just kind of keep our core players yeah. is what it looks like and then supplement outside of that. I didn't consider Lars Newtbar, even though I'm a big fan, I didn't consider him part of that core group of players. But they obviously see him as a big part of what they're looking to build on in 2024. I'm interested to see. I'm sure a lot of people on the text line, because every time we talk about Lars, we see overrated. Mm. We see overrated Lars Newtbar. Why are you going to keep him? Why not try to, you know, strike when the iron's hot? Because a lot of teams were interested in him last season. Yep. I don't know. Maybe you don't move them because you see him as a useful part of 2024. He is a he is an intriguing piece because we know the potential, the star power that that we saw during the World Teams Baseball Classic. People yeah. are interested in him and he has potential. Rock was talking about his numbers and how oh. his analytic numbers actually are showing him to be very, very good. Just not uh, the, the real numbers. Is that what you said? Well, he's got a high walk rate. Is that an analytic or a real number? It's an analytic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he does both. Is it a real he's number? Got one of the best chase, he's got one of the best chase rates in Major League Baseball okay. is that a real is that that's analytic a, or a real that's number? A, that's a made up number. How's that a made up number? This is made up. It, it looks at how often he goes yeah. after pitches that are outside the strike zone. Yeah, okay. That's a very useful metric to have on is a player. He isn't the ball? It? Is he? What about his launch angle, Rock? Don't talk to me about this non. <laughs> what about his launch angle? Don't you strong? Is he? Man is me. he launch angle? Is his launch angle great or not? He also plays clearly. That's all that he matters. He also plays good defense in a corner outfield position, which well, that matters. as you've watched this year, that's been a little <laughs> bit of a bugaboo <laughs> that, for the Cardinals. That, that, overall. That's been an issue this season. Well, 24th ranked team. Uh, defensive run saves, oh, so yeah. not exactly great Minus for the St. Louis Cardinals this year. Great. Yeah, pretty bad overall. Those so I mean, if you like, if, you, if if we love guys who don't strike out, and we love guys who walk, and we love guys who you know hit you know hit for power and hit for contact, and we love solid defense. Seems like all good things baseball wise. Okay. I'm not going to put any numbers on it because apparently I don't want to scare you yeah. away from having an opinion here. Clearly. But nonetheless, it seems like a pretty good thing. Sounds kind of moneyballish to me, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> he also did say. Jordan Walker as another untouchable, yes. which I would hope so. You know what's been surprising is that ever since that article came out, uh, John Heyman did with uh, talking about Nolan Arenado, the possibility of him being traded. I think the rest of us, we played some of that audio with Nolan Arenado. I didn't, that wasn't my takeaway in that mm-hmm. interview with him is that he thought that he was necessarily going to be moved. It was him just talking about this is the business. He opted in for a reason. He made sure to say that, that there's a reason he wants to stick around the Cardinals and that there was a few pieces missing. But some people have just ran away with that. Right. And people are like, wait, maybe Nolan Arenado is going to go to the Yankees. He's not going anywhere. But yeah. I've also seen people bring up Jordan Walker and potential trades. There's no way. I, I don't. To me, that would be a complete teardown is if oh, you yeah. are moving Jordan Walker. No, he's one of those core pieces that you talked about. And I think in that core group, you have Nolan Arenado. You have Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan Walker. I, I don't know if Nolan Gorman is in that core piece of, of players right now. Yeah. I would love for him to be. But, you know, there's there's some there. I'm sure he's one of the guys that you could get a lot in return for because he does have power and and. Probably superstar potential somewhere in there. We've seen, we saw it in the first couple of months of the season. Yeah. He cooled off in June, and and so far in July hasn't hasn't picked back up. But 
there is a, a superstar potential there, and that, that would lead a lot of teams to probably want to go after a Nolan Gorman. So I don't know if he's in that core group of guys, but uh, Tommy Edmond, I think, is also in that core group of guys because of his versatility and what he can do. Yeah. Obviously, but we you got to start about getting Lars. rid of somebody. That's that's the thing. If you were going to uh-huh. move. If, if you, you want something in yeah, return, yes. If you are going to move guys around at the trade deadline, so say you even move Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm. you know what's interesting about that, which, of course, you would try to maximize as much as possible, especially if you don't know if you're going to be able to resign them right. during the offseason. But it's interesting because what has been the biggest issue this season for the Cardinals? Pitching. Pitching, yeah. especially starting pitching. Yeah. So then you're going to have those efficiencies. <laughs> and, and so exactly. So you better be getting a lot in return, but you also might have to sweeten the pot. If you're moving those two at the trade deadline, you need to maximize what you get in return. You're going to have to part with some position players, some every maybe an everyday player, too. Yeah. Well, you you will, and we will uh, we'll dig into that later. We'll talk about what you think. We want your text in the the text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. That's three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Tell us oh, if he was you, so good excited job, Rock. today. We, yeah, see, somewhat. This is this is him. No, Kerry talked about the playoffs in the first two minutes of the show. I'm out. I'm out on the show. I'm, I'm done. I I'm talked done. about it's the Friday. potential playoff push. I told you my theory on the playoff <laughs> push. How many games did they have to win, Rock? Uh, 18 of their first 20. There you go. So if they don't win 18 of 20, I'm out. First words of today's show should have been, all right, who y'all selling first? (laughs) That should have been the first words of today's show. Well, we'll talk about that later. We want to get your text in. We want to get your opinion, get your mic drops. Do you think the Cardinals are going to be better suited in the trade deadline or in free agency? Which one do you think they have better options in for for this season and going forward into 2024 season? We'll talk about that. At 9, at 7.30, we have... Forward for the St. Louis Blues, Sammy Blay joining us. Eight fifteen, former Tennessee Titan, yeah, Blaine Bishop, your your guy, bro. I'm so excited. <laughs> Blaine is great. Blaine is awesome. Eight forty five, we have former MLB catcher Eric Kratz, who will be talking about his book and the life of a journeyman as a catcher. It's going to be intriguing to talk to him. Nine fifteen, we have Chip Carey, Cardinals broadcaster, joining us. I'm sure he'll be on his hot girl walk as he is every Friday. Every Friday. Uh, well, do they do the hot girl walks? At home? I would hope that they would because uh, that would be special yeah. if you just looked out the window and you saw Chip Carey, Alexa, nice. Dad, and all that. Would it be the them? same route, route every time? That's route. Maybe. Route well, route it's kind of like, remember, well, it's, Adam, it's hard for them to do the hot girl walk because it's always like around like the downtown infrastructure of the city okay. they're in and, you know, everyone's off in their respective, you know, This homes. is true. But they so, should they should get not. together because I think That's, the hot girl mm-hmm. walk is a way of life. I mean, it's like, remember how Adam Wainwright, I don't know for if Brad he still Thompson does it, is. is the old man, what is it, the old man walk that he would do? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. It's, it's a good way to, of life. it's good for your body. Get out and walk. Hot girl smell walk. the 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 air, the environment, depending on what city you're in. And uh, depending, yeah, I mean, some cities you don't want to smell that. <laughs> Looking at you, New York. Yes, I think she, I think she's probably going to be uh, finishing off the chore list that he had to do over the All Star oh, break well, before tonight's game. There you go. He he probably is just getting back in town after doing that. Uh, your time check is seven ten. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up next, we have our cop topic of the day: Are the Blues? Excuse me. Are the Cardinals better suited in free agency or at the trade deadline? Deadline. We'll get into it next on the Open and Drive. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We'll see how the Reds 
uh, perform going forward, but to assume that they're this juggernaut and they're going to hold the NL Central by the throat for the next five years, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I think I think John Mozeliak is going to make moves. He's going to acquire young talent, trade while the stock is pretty high on some of these guys, but he's going to keep the core together. He's going to spend money in free agency for starting pitching. He's going to reimagine the bullpen, and he's going to go try and get him next year. I don't think this is a teardown. Don't think that it's going to be a teardown in St. Louis because it's not. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Rimsley here alongside Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. No Randy Carricker today. He's having, is it a dentist appointment today? Doctor. Doctor, doctor, doctor appointment. Oh, I shouldn't have outed him like that. That's <laughs> that's always a little bit personal, right? But oh, he just, he's not on the golf course. Well. Maybe he will be later. Well, he probably will. He be will later. be later. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a fair guess. But our big topic of today is, do you feel more confident in the Cardinals' ability to change this team at the trade deadline or over the offseason, be sure to text in at the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. That is 314-399-YO-HO. Be sure to text in with what you think. Do you feel more confident in the Cardinals and their abilities to make a big move at the trade deadline or this offseason with free agency? Personally, I'm going to go with trade deadline. Okay. I believe the trade deadline because of what they've been able to accomplish with the recent trades over the years. Mm -hmm. It seems like they have the ability to maximize what they get sometimes in return. And right now, you're building for 2024. Isn't that what John Mosellock said the other day when he was talking to Martin Kilcoin? They're looking ahead to 2024, finding those extra pieces. I do think that there's some pieces away. My biggest thing is if you're going to move Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Pitching has been an issue. You have to find a way to get a big return out of them. And you might need to sweeten the pot, moving a position player, an everyday starter, in order to get something else. Now, something that does concern me a little bit is that the White Sox don't seem like they really want to move Dylan Cease. Mm -hmm. There's reports that they're saying the other day that they are not going to part with Dylan Cease. But look, everybody has a price, right? Yeah. Everybody has a price, especially if you give them an offer they can't refuse. You sound like the uh, the Godfather. That's that's where I was going with that. That's where I was going with that. You give I can't do it. I was gonna I was gonna try to. <laughs> I I can do my Southern Bell accent. The Godfather accent is not not, so much. not in my arsenal. Not in my pitching <laughs> arsenal. As we're talking about starting pitching, right? Can you do it? Rocky, I felt you have you're Italian, right? You're I Italian. Got I got a little bit. <laughs> say it. Say it. You gotta have the chin thing too. Okay, yeah, give me it. Say it. Offer you saying? can't refuse. Oh god. Come on. Give an offer you couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. I like the raspiness. I, I like it. I that's what I'm saying and where I'm going with this is that I think though, despite Dylan Cease, there are some other options out there. But you also see I don't think the door could be completely closed with the White Sox. See what you can move around for certain pieces. I'm with Greg that it's not going to be a complete teardown. Mm -hmm. Teardown to me would be moving Nolan Arenado, which that's not going to happen. Moving Paul Goldschmidt, which no way that's going to happen. Moving Jordan Walker, which that's not going to happen. To me, that would be signaling a teardown. I don't think the Cardinals see that. They see this as supplementing, adding some to this core group that they believe in for 2024. So for me, you you want to go the the uh, trade route. I, I am looking at this, and I, there are a few free agent pitchers for 2024 that I okay. think could definitely help this roster. And for me, it's about spending money, but spending it wisely. And I think the Cardinals at times, we talked about it all last season, how much more money they would spend 
in free agency. And and the number went up. I don't think it went up to the tune of what Cardinal fans were thinking. I think they were thinking a, a lot more when you say we'll spend more uh, money this season. So if you want to be competitive, if you want to be a good team, the trade market, obviously, when you when you make a trade, you got to give something to get something. So what are you going to give? Are you going to be giving up a Nolan Gorman? Are you going to be giving up some prospect in the in the minors? Who are you going to be giving up? Who are you willing to part with? And you talked about it earlier, the puke point, the, the point where it makes you a little bit sick to see that person leave. For me, that's Nolan Gorman. That's the person that would make me a little bit physically ill to watch him leave this roster even if it were for a Dylan Cease, because I know the superstar potential that Dylan, that Nolan Gorman has and what I think he could be in the future. So I'm it doesn't at concern it. you a little bit when he goes through these slumps, which we yeah, see, which he but, is young. But I'm saying we have now seen two seasons of where he goes through not even like a mini slump, but a dramatic drop off in performance. This is what you you are. This is the expectation when you have power hitters. They're going to hit a lot of home runs and they're going to swing and miss on a lot of home runs and they're going to strike out a lot. So that. That comes with the territory. I think baseball has transitioned into that, and a lot of people are are understanding that's the aspect of it, and that's what they're going to get from them. For me, when we're talking about free agent pitchers, I'm looking at Aaron Nola from the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm looking at Sonny Gray, who is a 2.89 ERA, and he's 4-3. and three. I'm looking at Blake Snell, 2.85 with San Diego. Those are guys... I want and and they're playing for teams that aren't performing particularly well. If you're a, a under a three ERA and your record is four and three and six and seven, which is Sonny Gray and and Blake Snell respectively, you know they're probably not getting the run support that is needed to win those games. Which when you're looking at those two teams and their and their records right now, people expected them to be much better. Minnesota, no. San Diego spent a lot of money, no. It's not happening. So those are a couple of pitchers that. I could go out and spend money on. And then Lucas Giolito in free agency. And yeah. Lucas Giolito, another White Sox member who will be a free agent as as well. You got some guys you can go get. It's just about spending the money correctly. And then sometimes with free agents, you spend money and they don't come in and perform at the level that they have in other places. So there's a little, I don't want to say luck to it as well, but I guess there is some luck to it as well. This is Karen. where my concern comes in a little bit. When you're talking about the luck, the Cardinals maybe not have had that how's, much luck. How's it, how's it been for it has, the Cardinals right. looking for okay. lately? We won't, let we me, won't pretend let me run like this. it has been great. great. Oh, hear me. Let me run it Pretty down good, for right? you. Wilson Contreras, which I'm not saying this is a bust because obviously we're still in the first half. Yes, we, we just are. saw first we half. Won't, we, won't, we won't do that. Won't do that and he's him. not going anywhere because guess what? <laughs> Five years, $87.5 million. Steven Matz, four years. Forty-four million. Mm-hmm. Corey Dickerson, which I mean, that was. I'm just giving you a rundown of some free agents. Maybe I'll go to bigger contracts. How about we skip ahead to Brett Cecil? Everybody remembers that now, one. Four wait, why years. Do you, why do you need to remind three us? Three to half, thirty and a <laughs> half million. Dexter Fowler, five years, we eighty-two and a half million. Mike Lee, five years, eighty million. So there's. That's where you know. Yes, I understand. You're not going to win. Every single time that you go out and spend money in free agency, what concerns me is that track record, that pattern of where it hasn't worked out so much. And then you're stuck with those big giant contracts that you look back and you're like, why? Why did we spend that money on that? Let's go to the Air Comfort Service text line really quickly. 618, he says, or he or she, I should say, they say, I look for the Cardinals to trade Flaherty, Montgomery, DeYoung, O'Neal, Gorman, and Hicks. Here's my question. If that's your opinion that that's how much they trade, 
I have the trade deadline is going to be the more impactful of the two situations because I just can't see the Cardinals because making enough because you read those names because of how again. much of a shift this is. Flaherty, okay. Montgomery, DeYoung, O'Neal, Gorman, Hicks. What are you getting? So Hicks, you'll probably get something. I mean, but are we are we getting in return I think prospects? Hicks that you would. Well, Hicks. Yeah, I think Hicks are going to get something. In, but but what are you getting in return? Because you Depends need trade you. If you're trading pitchers. Is that team going to give you a pitcher or I mean, pitchers it de- back? It depends who you're that trading are to. not on the on the major league roster. Well, that's... we're not talking about prospects. I'm talking about guys that are ready to roll right now. A prospect has has potential, and I've told you all, potential is the da- most dangerous word in sports. What about because uh... it's it's sight unseen. We have not seen the potential come to fruition yet, so it doesn't a... matter. What about a prospect who's supposed to come up next year? Oh, or yeah, we got a few of those, don't we? We got some right now. Huh? I'm just saying you have. You're you are going to have to possibly. We got one that's been here up. that hasn't that's got sent back down from the starting pitching. Oh, Libertor. <laughs> Libertor. <laughs> I was going to say there's been a, there's been a couple. Pick one. Derek Gould threw out a Yankees prospect who's in AAA right now. You can take a look at the Orioles prospect list. They have pitchers all over the place, and their starting pitching is horrendous. I think they'd be a pretty good trading candidate. My point is though, if you make that many moves, I can't see the Cardinals making enough moves in free agency for it to be more impactful than the trade deadline if this is how many people you move I mean that is at one point or another every single one of those players has been a starter or a key role player for your team for a large chunk of this season okay so so the names you have on there DeYoung you're not going to get a starting pitcher back for Paul DeYoung no Tyler O'Neill you're not going to get a starter starting pitcher back for Tyler O'Neill you could package a couple of these guys together that's what for, I'm saying. For You're probably going to have to sweep Paul DeYoung the and Tyler O'Neill, a, a guy, he's got a bad back, Rock. You, you use the position players to get you pitchers, and then you use the per- current pitchers to get you prospects. And maybe even like a lower-level pitcher. You use the current pitchers to get you prospects. Flaherty and Montgomery, that's the trades to the Yankees, into the Baltimore Orioles, you or a, a team like that. The Texas Rangers, probably going to be your Hicks prospect. That's the team that Derek Gould directly set on foul territory yesterday. Is where Jordan Hicks could very well go. There's another place where you're getting prospects for pitching. Again, prospects. We need we, we need guys. So when you trade Jordan Montgomery and and Jack Flaherty, that's two of your five starters. Where are you going to get those other two guys from? You're going to get. Where are the Cardinals? The the, the St. Louis 2023 Cardinals going to get those two guys from? They're going to have to pay some people. Exactly. From, no 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 no. For the rest, they rock. They got to finish the season out. Where are they going to get those? See, two I, guys I think from? the rest of the season is a bust. The rest of the season, Carrie. <laughs> I it's understand that. Twenty twenty-four. I, I, I am with you one hundred percent. Who is going? Who? You, you, just anybody? You start, and, but here's the thing: my, you Dakota promote, Hudson gets a last you promote, run. Yes, you get Dakota Hudson, Stephen Matz. They're going to promote at the probably after the trade deadline. I would suspect Michael McGreevy. You might even bring up Gordon Graceffo and have him in some sort of a bullpen role. I, I don't know. I mean, there there is options. The fact of the matter is, is that I believe in I'll believe John Mosaic in this is that they are going to start building towards 2024. And here's the reality of the situation they're in right now. I think we're all right. I think you're going to have to do both things. You're going to have to go and move guys to the trade deadline because, of course, we don't know. If they're if Jordan Montgomery, if he's going to resign, we know he's going to go into free agency because he's a Scott Boris client. I wonder personally, I wonder how people feel if the Cardinals are kind of kicking themselves that they didn't sign him at the beginning of the season. Remember when he said that he was opening open to talks with the Cardinals? I don't know. And maybe they just thought because he's a Scott Boris client, they they were just going to approach him in free agency anyways. I have no idea. But I remember he was open to it. Maybe that's something you look back and you're like. 
man, we should have signed him a little bit earlier. And then also, too, you're going to move from Paul DeYoung. I think we all know you're yeah, going to maximize that. Tyler O'Neill mm-hmm. is as good as gone. He's done with this organization. He's There's no way that that's going to happen. You're going to have to do multiple things because of what has happened this season to be able to get in any good standing going to 2024. I do think that there is a good group of guys. I'm going to believe in Nolan Arenado. I'm going to believe in Paul Goldschmidt. Jordan Walker has high upside. He's only going to get better from here. Building around that and actually giving them some good pitching help going into next season is going to take trade deadline and it's going to take free agency. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm understanding that. I just want to know who... I, prospects are, are a dangerous word to me. P- potential is a dangerous word to me because we haven't, if something you have not seen, give me a guy that I know is a professional baseball player that has done it and has a career of doing it so far this year or throughout his career. It'll be interesting to see. Yes. Well, we're going to keep talking about that today. But coming up next, we're going to go to the celebrity line. It's going to be Stanley Cup champ Sammy Blay. We're going to talk to him about, of course, the return of Oscar Sunquist and also how his summer's been going. That's ahead on the opening drive. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at HackmanSTL.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley and Matthew Rocchio. And Brooke, before we broke, we were discussing just many topics in, in terms of how the Cardinals were going to go forward and what would be the best course of action for them. Is it the trade deadline? Is it through free agency? And and I, as I said earlier, I highly believe that it could be through free agency. Um, we had a texter earlier say, well, if they go get all of these prospects from the trade deadline, they could potentially use those in the offseason to go get a starting pitcher. I, 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 and you can. And, and that's realistic. The question is who? Because that's that's going to be the question Aaron going forward. It, it could be. It, he, he's a free agent, though. He, he will be a free agent. So he's someone that you could go out and spend money on. The problem that I feel the Cardinals have is, is this issue. If Aaron Nola is a guy that is being offered $24 million a year, Mm-hmm. You may have to go at twenty six million. You may have to spend twenty seven million a year to go get the guy that you want. Are the Cardinals willing to go above asking price for a player that they truly need on their roster? A number one, a number one of number ones. And are they willing to go do that? Yes or no is the question. And if not, then I think that's when you talk about the Cardinals Everyone catching up with the Cardinals in the division. The the, the mindset has to shift when things aren't working 
in the manner in which they have in the past, the mindset has to, the mindset has to begin to shift, and you have to start looking at things in a different way. And spending more money is one way that the Cardinals could have more success going forward. And look, I would love to know uh, because. Of course, you have to hold the front office accountable because of what we have pointed out over the past few weeks and even since the beginning of the season that it was probably, in John Moselock's own words, a strategic mistake on not pursuing you know, more starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Or I, I won't even say more starting pitching, more aggressive, being more aggressive when it comes to the starting pitching market this past offseason because just getting Wilson Contreras, and that was the only big move that you made, I think that was surprising for some people, especially when you're going into the season. And look, you can't predict every little thing that's going to happen. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. But at the same time, some of these pitchers – you knew going in have been battling back from injuries. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've seen a fully healthy season from Jack Flaherty. Luckily, he has been able to maintain his health and he's been good. Right. I, don't, I don't know if you would you say great this season? Would you put him in the great category? I would say he's been really good. Okay. I, I think he's done really well. Um, I guess if I, I'm saying I wish I could see it more on a consistent basis, but for whatever reason, Jordan Montgomery is the only one that we have seen on a consistent basis. Yeah. But then at the beginning of the season, he wasn't getting any run support. So then yeah. that looked weird in itself. It's going to be really interesting because I would love to know, because this is another factor in this, how much money are they allowed to spend? Because, look, we don't know what the budget was for this past offseason. Right. There could have been, you know, a number that the DeWitts gave John Moselock and his group to work with. We're not sure about that. Is that going to change going into this offseason? That's my big question. If you're going to change, if you're going to change your approach to things, if you're going to go out and get that controllable start, starting pitcher, you're going to go and spend that big money, how much money are you allowed to spend? Because we can't keep getting these kind of middling starting pitchers, right? I, I think that's where the the – issues lie you have to figure out what you are able to spend what are they what are the 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 DeWitts willing to spend for this to help this ball club because we've seen it we've seen a team that has struggled struggled mightily not having that pitching rotation that can go in day in and day out and just really get the ball rolling in the right direction for this team each game that to me has been one of the the main causes of of why they've struggled we talked about the relief pitching i feel like that's a cause and effect when you don't have great starting pitching 21 blown you guys are are going to be worn down they're going to be tired we talked about it before the season started by june if you don't get effective starting pitching your guys are going to be tired so it, it it's only going to carry on for the rest of the season if it doesn't take place in the in the manner in which you need it to. I'm looking at this this starting rotation right now, and I, I don't know if Jack Flaherty is 26, going to be 27 coming up here. I, I, I think, think he is 26. So right now he is 27. 27. I don't know if if that's not a person that if healthy again. And I think you said it, Brooke. I don't know if he's been great this year, but I think he's been very good. And I think he has shown himself to be healthier than he has been in the past. Knock on wood, because (laughs) we know anything can happen at any time. But maybe that's a guy that you do try to resign. And he might not be your number one, but maybe he's your number two. Maybe he's your number three. And now you have less of a less stress of going to get two starting pitchers in the offseason as opposed to just going to get one. I, and you have you have yeah. whoever you go get in free agency, Miles Michaelis slash Jack Flaherty in the 2-3 role, uh, and then you got to figure out the 4-5 and five because Wayno won't be here, and we don't know if Steven Matz is going to be able to. He had a really good start last time. Will he be able to continue that? Those are the questions, but 
you have to go get a number one starter in free agency. And I don't think that number one starter is right now currently on this roster. I personally believe that, of course, you're going to try to offer. It would be silly if they didn't, right? If you didn't extend a qualifying offer to Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery and try that, right? Like you have to. But at the same time, I believe that those two are as good as gone especially at the trade deadline. I think that they're going to move them. They're going to try to maximize what they can get in return. Jack Flaherty, especially, you're going to try to strike when the iron's hot with him because of his latest performances. Those were great performances where you can go and present that to teams and say, look, 27 years old, he's been healthy this season. You're going to be able to get possibly some good stuff in return from that. And Jordan Montgomery, as long as he's healthy and everything's fine with his hamstring when he returns, you should be able to get a lot from that too. Yeah, it should work, but but the idea of giving the guys the qualifying offer—it's just that you're in a completely different situation when you're thinking we keep them, we try to see what happens, we give them the QO, and if and and, and if they walk, we get it, we get a draft pick. But even worse than a draft, you know, even worse than like a double A pitcher who's not, you know, who hasn't started in the majors yet, Kerry Davis. Even worse than that is a draft pick. You know, a, a year later, who's going to be four or five years down the road? So, I mean, you trade those guys immediately, even if it is, even if it, if it's not for starters, you trade those guys, and if it's for a guy and like Deal, who if you if it's love if if. Again, I don't care if it's a guy whose ETA is a year away. That's a much better pick than going out into the season, taking, giving the QO, them walking and getting a draft pick. I'm still making a move for a pitcher who's actually going to be starting for this team quicker. So you you ship those guys out. There's no doubt about it. Montgomery and Flaherty should not be here when when the when the month turns to August. Montgomery like, won't be here. Yeah, Montgomery <laughs> won't be here. Well, look at the situation that the Angels are in right now with Shohei Otani. Talk about a tough situation, which I don't feel bad for the Angels, of course not. But talk about a tough situation that they're in where you have Mike Trout injured. You see what's going on with the Angels. They have two stars and a unicorn. Well, I'll consider him a unicorn and <laughs> Shohei Otani. And what are they looking at doing? They're looking at like, well, do we move him because there's a chance that he's not going to return and we're not going to be able to re-sign him and we try to maximize most, uh, most. I think that's a tough position to be in. I personally think that if you know somebody's going to walk away or that possibility is there, you need to move them at the trade deadline and get as much as possible because you know what's worse? Is watching Losing that person them. walk yeah. away and, and you get, get nothing. nothing. Yeah. Then that looks even worse. Yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, but I don't think the Cardinals and the Angels are uh, in a different <laughs> in a different spot. The Angels are, are still fighting oh, no, for And I'm not saying. I'm yeah. saying, like, that's a, that's a situation that you find yourselves in is would you let somebody just walk knowing that? Because Shohei's been very opinionated about how he's frustrated and how he wants to go play for a winning team, right. somebody who's actually going to compete for championships. And so you know that. Do you let him walk or do you try to keep him around knowing that maybe he won't be able to pay that price or that he'll even want to stay? Indeed. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it is next. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. (laughs) 
Good morning and welcome back to the opening drive. Britt Brimsley here alongside Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocchio, who's a little bit upset right now. Are you okay over there? No, he's not. No? Oh, okay. Everything's fine. He's all right. He'll be okay. Nothing. <laughs> If you can see us on YouTube, by the way, you can go and watch us on YouTube and see all of our reactions. You can see Rocchio and how happy he is right now. There's definitely nothing happening. Right? Nah, we're nothing, chilling. nothing going on. Uh, it is time for Tioli. Take it or leave it. Be sure to send yours into the Air Comfort ter- Air Comfort Service text line. There we go. 314-399-9646. That is 314-399. Yo-ho! Okay. I have one for you guys. It, this... My Tioli comes because of something that we briefly talked about before the show started. Take it or leave it. If you could go back in time, you would just stick with landlines. We wouldn't have cell phones <laughs> anymore. We would I'm go back to a good old newspaper. Sign me up. Leave you know, it, just leave it. morning Sign news. Up, leave it. Newspapers on the porch. Leave it. No all day social media. You don't need to know what's going on until the next day. You're not gonna miss anything. Yeah, sign me up. Thank you. You see, I'm sitting on the sitting down at the coffee table, drinking a cup of coffee, and just reading the newspaper. No television. Tim McKernan. Well, that's a little further back than what I was intending. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, no television (laughs) on. You can have a TV in the house. I was like, I was like, how far back are we going? Yeah, we have a TV in the house. We don't go too far. Brooke gets the next. Hill to die on when we have to do eleven o'clock. Okay, Brooke gets the next hill, and it's this. This we're we're, because, no, we're doing this for a full fifteen. Okay, minutes. I, I'll let I'll let you get to your point about it in a second. But I just want to say the reason I say this is one: I hate how just involved we're expected to be in our cell phones now. That you yeah. need to text people back constantly. It doesn't matter time of day, all that stuff. I understand emergencies that you you know have to. I'm fine with calling people. I would rather call someone than text and email someone because then you get it out of the way. And you move on. You don't do this whole back and forth. Also, just getting away from social media. And this, that's that's the biggest thing. Because, you know, you would wake up. You were talking about the newspaper. You would wake up. You look at your newspaper. You digest that news for the day. And you're just done with it. You didn't yeah. have to see it freaking thrown in your face. All day long. All day long. And all these opinions attached to it. You were just allowed to go about your day. You would go to work. Then you'd come home. I say this like I went through this, but I just watched my parents go through this. And I just remember being a kid, like coming home on the landline. You could listen to some messages, call somebody back, and then you were done. You weren't expected to just be looking directly at your phone. Rockio, what is your point? The, so why do you want to be just real controlled quick, by your cell phone? The 618 said these are Internet internet problems. This It's the Internet. It's Champagne not the cell phone. It's, it's the Internet. It. It's the Internet. Yeah, because if you don't have the Internet, you don't have oh, all okay. of the technology associated with it. So oh, okay. it's an Internet problem. We, we it's We're focusing our anger at the wrong place. It's not mm. the cell phone companies. It's okay. not you know social media. No, I wouldn't be the, mad at the cell phone companies because it's well, expensive. Yeah, you, who you tell? <laughs> yeah, 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 Six three six says my family dislikes talking to me because I only call. Yeah, there are uh, people. Uh, yeah, I there are that. people who uh, get upset don't call about me. that. Don't are you serious? You're don't one call of those. People? Don't call me. Are you serious? Do not call me. If we can set up this over text, do, do not you know call how me. much oh, longer a text takes as opposed so to much a phone shorter. call? It's so much shorter. It's personal. so much quicker. Yes, you can get you can get that out in forty five seconds. What you were going to text that would take five. 10 minutes back and forth back and forth back and forth 
That's I, I, I had a friend, actually, my, my closest friend, he used to do this. I would text him, and then he would respond to my text with a phone call. And there is nothing more in my life than You're that me guy. throw my phone against a wall. You're that guy. I'm 100% that guy. Oh Absolutely. God. I love my phone. <laughs> I love my phone. It's, it's a great thing. E- e-books, Twitter. Come on, get out of here. I oh, love my come phone. come on. I feel like it, but the thing is, it just, I, it isolates you instead of actually bringing people together. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I feel like social media has caused people to not actually communicate better. Not be humans. They're not people. No. Oh, They're, come on. You're look, not real. Look at a picture of that people standing on the sidewalk. That man's not real. <laughs> look at a picture of people standing on the side of the road waiting for a bus in 1920. They're all reading the paper. No one's talking to each other, all right? No, they, they, were, they would communicate with one another. Does it matter if it's a phone or a paper? Eventually. You, see, you didn't watch Forrest Gump. He sat on that park bench and talked to everyone, Rock. <laughs> everyone. He didn't have he a, had he didn't have a cell phone in his face looking at it all day. He yes. had something interesting to say. And so will the he person that you're sitting next to. Now, the only, way, the only person life. that I don't want talking to me yeah. is the person on the plane when I first get on there. Don't talk to me. Don't speak to me. I don't want to have conversations. So now you don't want to chat it up. Now I'm going to sleep. When I get on a plane, that's okay. not a that's not a, a time to do I get a do I get to take it or leave it or no? Okay, just oh, you you, you, you bypass me. Usually that happens to me. What a nice change of pace, huh? <laughs> All right, so Quentin Williams signed a four-year deal for $96 million, making him the highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Not the highest yearly paid defensive tackle, but the highest highest uh value of a contract. He was best known for his pro for his um, signing day when he when he got drafted, sneezing and saying "bless you" to himself. Take it or leave it. You should say "bless you" to yourself when you sneeze. You, you don't should? need anyone else saying it. He uh, bless me. Yeah. Uh, I think no? that, I think that example just excuse me. He said "bless me." Bless me. Okay, bless me. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're if you're if no one else is gonna bless you, shouldn't yeah. you bless yourself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. You can go I'm now. Gonna, I'm gonna, right. Thank you for I'm not skipping it. over very... me. <laughs> All right. I greatly appreciate that. I know, now I know Somebody how you feel. Somebody said, someone give me Rocchio's phone number. I'm going to call him all day. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will, bl- <laughs> he will, he I, will um, block, block that number the first time you call me. What are you talking about? <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will go 5-2 and two during this current homestand. Well, if they go 5-2, and two, what does that mean for me, Rock? <laughs> they got to go 13-0 <laughs> for Kerry to be buying into this club. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I, I think we're. I don't know, man. I, I it's possibly it's possible that we're going to get more of the same with this Cardinals team. Anything's possible in the second half. Right? Yeah, it's Three Friday. And four. I'm trying to be positive, but I don't know. Take right. it or leave it. The Cardinals are able to acquire two or more top 100 prospects this deadline. Ooh, two, two or more. Or more. I'm a. I'm, I'm going to leave that. taking that. They I'm going to leave pitchers that. to trade. Each of them gets them at least one top 100 prospect. Leave it. I'm gonna take it. You think you're gonna? You think you're gonna get a top 100 prospect for Jack Flaherty? Yes, I leave it. Top Nothing against Jack Flaherty. Yeah, it might be Jordan not, Montgomery. It might be 95, but he's still top 100. Nah, I, 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 I don't I'll, know. I don't. I can't see being I don't think, more than two. I don't think. I don't think the value of those guys. They haven't. I understand that they're free agents. They haven't performed. Do you? Okay, Jordan, let, Montgomery, this. Jordan Montgomery would. I think whatever, that he actually will get a lot of whatever looks. team they go to. What are they? The they're not an ace. They're not a second. Are they third or fourth starter for that team? My point is that if you trade him to a team like the Orioles, who need pitching so bad, they have nine top 100 prospects. You're not getting. You're not trading Jordan Montgomery for their number 10 and 11 prospects. You're getting one of their top nine prospects, which is a top 100 prospect. Okay. That's all I'm saying. 
in, okay. in this in this example. And for most other teams, the pitcher that the, the Gould threw out for the Yankees, that's a top 100 prospect, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We shall see. Now he's being negative. Uh, take it or leave it. The real reason the Cardinals have all day. The real reason that New Bar's untouchable is because that's how you get Shohei Otani. Take it. Oh my <laughs> take God. It. No, take there's it. no way. Yes. There's yes. no way. Take Guys, it. okay, I'm just saying. I if Shohei Otani first I don't I don't know, somehow came to St. Louis and you would one have to give up a lot to be able to give and get him here. A lot. I think I would get a Shohei Otani tattoo. We like to talk about tattoos. I would get a Shohei Otani tattoo if he came here to St. Louis. Really? I would do it. Okay. Maybe it's a unicorn. Maybe I just get like him <laughs> as a unicorn. I would 100% do that. So the idea of freaking out athletes that you're a big fan of with too much fandom just out the window completely? You're just gonna, <laughs> I would never you're just show gonna it to him. throw a chair out the window and dive right after it? How creepy would that be if I just go to him weird. and be like, hey, I got it. He, there's, there's been people who've probably shown him weirder things. How much you want to bet? Take it or <laughs> leave it. Take it or leave it. Shohei Otani has been shown so many weird oh, things. As a professional athlete and a superstar, I I will take that. There are certain things. You know. Such a weird take I, you, uh, they, they, have you sign, they have you sign. They have you sign. Sign babies. Yes, sign I've seen everything. Cleavage. Oh, yeah. Carrie. Like a rock star. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. This, this is. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Gorman is more likely to be traded than Edmund. Gorman's more likely to be I'll, traded I, than Edmund. I'll take that. Edmund is your starting center fielder, and Nolan Gorman has cooled off. I, if you're looking for value, then maybe. Yeah. I think that Gorman definitely has more of an upside, younger. Years of, years of control is the yes. big thing. Edmund, yes. Edmund's up. Edmund's up he has two and, years, yeah, right? Got, uh, Gorman? No, Edmund has Edmund's two years. Two, Gorman's got three. Yeah. So extra year of control. If we're talking power about bat. getting the most return, then is 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 Mason Wynn one of the untouchables as well? Actually, we had somebody in the in the. I uh, can see that's that. Why I just, that's why I read. We, yeah, we had Brian yeah. thirty four fifty one in the YouTube chat saying, well, "What about dangling Mason Wynn?" I, I think he's no. untou- I think he's part of that future core group, the core group that we talked about earlier. I think he's in that. In that group as well, especially if you get away from Paul DeYoung, yeah, well, which I know that you have other, you have Donovan, you have Edmund, you have guys who can play multiple positions. But I wish Randy was here because he would have been much more uh, dismissive of that comment. <laughs> Randy's like, Randy's not. We're not trading Mason. We no, that's not happening. Happen. Somebody said the Shohei State. I like that. Oh, we'll just change. You know, change the, it. Yeah, we'll change. Okay, that, we'll do that to bring him here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go over for everybody. <laughs> Take it or leave it. A team is going to trade a haul for Newbar to help them sign Shohei Otani, so he should uh, be on the oh. market. I like the thought process here. Wait, you, now, say that? You get the Yankees to trade even more for for Newbar because he helps them sign Shohei Otani. I could that, I, that now, now, now this is this a person is, that is thinking outside thinking. the box. Now we're thinking. And if five, you're the seven, Cardinals, three. you are. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take that. Mm. Like, hey, Brooke, look call, at Brooke. Call the, the Mets. Hey, Mets. It, it, she start itching. Call the like, Mets. Oh. You guys no. really want <laughs> show? <No. Hey>. No. <laughs> Sorry, Brooke. We're, 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 we're trading away your boy now. We'll do one more. One more, Rock. Um, you guys already, you guys already say the Shohei State thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, I like that, that one. Sure we're a lot of Take it or leave. Whatever prospects they get, you're not excited because they're going to screw them up. Oh. Take it. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I, I, you're the negative one. I, Negative one. You said they're going to screw it up. Yeah, I said take it. It concerns me about I the agree. evaluation sometimes, but hey, hey, look, there's always 
next season and oh, a chance to redeem not, yourself. Do not utter those words in this city. That is a Chicago Cubs fans term. There's always next year. We will never Buddy. utter no. Buddy. Now I draw the damn line. Buddy. I will draw the line. Do not those words, that phrase will not be allowed here. It's seven to ten. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's uh, April first, twenty twenty four. It's April first, twenty twenty four. No. All right. it? That is Chicago we, Cubs. We, Hell no. We got CD fired up over here. Don't you dare say next season around him. 2024, baby. Always <laughs> next year. Central Division champions. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you, Rock. That was take it or leave it. Coming up next, we have our fresh take. Do you feel more confident in the Cardinals' ability to change this team at the trade deadline or during the offseason? Send in your text. That's ahead on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Lars is not likely to go anywhere at all unless the Cardinals are just overwhelmed. Um, you know, they got a lot of interest in him this winter. They they really continue to get a lot of interest for a, a lot of reasons. I mean, everybody sees in the metrics and in the performance and the versatility and in the profile, let's be honest, um, in kind of his global profile. Um, everybody see, the Cardinals see what everybody else sees and they are going to hold on to him. They they like him, Edmund. These are guys that they want to continue to be a part of their team moving forward. Brendan Donovan's an interesting one. Nolan Gorman is an interesting one, too, especially as you think about like what that second base or what left-handed bat um, could bring and, and how much the Cardinals need that. You know. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And that was Derek Gould on Foul Territory talking about the future of one Lars Newtbar, Brooke. I'm, I'm sure candles. those comments made you extremely excited to know that Lars will potentially oh. be here for the foreseeable future. I I am very excited, and I want to say that uh, excited in a healthy way okay. because because well, it might I don't be want people to think little, eh, I don't eh. people think that I'm stalking him or anything. <laughs> Lars, no, you've had Lars a conversation with him. You all are y'all are he he's cool with it. We're, so yes, everyone else he, is cool he with is it. very aware of yes. the nutty neuters of Newt Nation. There you go. He has a giant fan base. If you guys haven't seen his social media, it went from kind of like 30,000 to then when he represented mm-hmm. Team Japan. I mean, I think like um, like close to a million yeah. or something like that. Like absolutely crazy numbers. He has drawn a lot of interest because of his energy, also his play, and I would say to his usefulness, and I'm sure we'll get some texts in where people say, okay, he's overrated. I've been seeing that all over social media. He's overrated. But as Matthew pointed out earlier, low strikeout rate, high walk rate. There is a lot of upside. There's a reason why teams are interested in him. I will say I was a little surprised that Derek Gould said he is. That's a name that he brought up that's not going to be traded. I was a little surprised because to me, when Mosellock said the other day, there was a lot that came out, came out in that interview with Martin Kilcoin. Great interview, by the way. We've been playing a lot of that art, that audio. Something that he said is that, you know, maybe it's going to be some household names, maybe not some guys who are some upcoming free agents. To me, I was kind of surprised that maybe you're already looking at Lars Newbar not being a name 
that mm-hmm. you're not going to move. Because my concern, and maybe even though I'm I'm a fan, my concern is, are we going to be in another Dylan Carlson-like situation where you told some guys you were going to move them, and now we're looking at why didn't we move them sooner yeah. when there was all this interest, especially if you're talking about building in 2024. We can't have, we were talking about earlier, you, can't, you don't want to say next season. You don't want to say you just want to say this is a wash. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they haven't played well enough for right. you to really give them the benefit at the doubt of the doubt at this point, right? Yeah, I think the the concern or the notion of who gets traded, who stays, is based on on play. It, it's Dylan Carlson was in that role of cold dead hands last year, but his performance <laughs> hasn't hasn't lived up to to my cold dead hands at this point. So I think so they were now, really expecting him to take yeah, off this yeah. season, and and. It's on the player. That's why I speak so much about players and their performance, because we understand as players, in order to get the contract that you want, in order to stay in the city or end up in the city that you want, you have to perform well. And Lars has performed well enough right now where they don't feel like he is uh, uh, one of the guys that they want to move from their core guys. You know, I think Jordan and his Walker. energy. Yeah, I think we've yes. been talking about some of those guys, and we're looking for those energy guys, somebody who can bring a spark. And we haven't seen it maybe that much from the season. He's battled with injuries, so he's been in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe where he feels more comfortable, and then you say, we're going to keep you around. You don't have to worry about being moved. That allows him to bring some of that energy, that spark, because, I mean, everybody's seen the celebration. That's why so many people like him is because you feel like he's a fun person to watch and be around, and I'm sure the players in the clubhouse feel the same way. He's very well respected in there. Well, Brooke, Cliff Livingston was a fun player for the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> but he wasn't good enough to play on that team. I, I, the that's thing a- that's allowing him to play is the fact that he can play. His energy is just a bonus. Cliff was a great, he was swing that damn towel on that sideline like no other. However, if, but, you, if, but you're if the rest of the team the, is yeah, not performing yeah, well, you that's be, not you much gotta, to cheer about. And you're saying, we're going to put it out to the YouTube audience and you can actually uh, follow us uh, on YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. And we just put out the poll, and the poll question is pretty simple, everybody. Should Lars Newpar be considered an untouchable asset? I like you can go that. right now, watch us on the YouTube, and you can jump into the chat, and you can answer that poll right now. Somebody, we were talking about in the last segment where we were talking about talent, bringing in talent. Somebody texted in, I thought this was interesting, from the 314. We can develop talent. We are not very good at keeping it. See the All-Star game. Uh, I think it, it, so if we're talking about because we we're we're looking at you're going to bring I, in some prospects possibly at the trade deadline you're you're going to be looking to maximize what you can get in return when it comes to Paul DeYoung and possibly Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Tyler O'Neill, all these names and you will be getting some prospects back. Is that a concern for you with the organization moving forward is the talent evaluation and I, also how they uh, develop those players i think the 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 cardinal fans have to understand that it is it it, a it's difficult to make you don't know what goes into the makeup of a player you you does this guy have an internal drive to be great or does he just is he just so talented that he has been allowed to to skate and get away with things his entire life without putting in the work every single day that's the difference when you go from level to level high school college uh, major leagues, whatever the case, triple A, double A, triple A, single A, whatever it is, the players get better every year. And talented people sometimes have always been so talented that they don't have to put in the work. But as you go further along, you have to put in more work to be greater. The the notion that we did a, a, a disservice of getting Marcel Ozuna, who was coming off of an all-star season, coming off of a top 15 MVP season, that's, that's crazy because he was – 
the guy that everyone wanted at the time. Hindsight being 2020, you're like, oh, crap, that was a terrible decision. But that was just because he didn't perform well enough, not because he hadn't shown it. And then sometimes guys get paid. You have guys that get paid and then their play falls off. It's about the internal makeup of a player and who they are and what they have in them. And that is something you cannot figure out with any analytic. You do not know what's inside of a person, what their makeup is. And so you're just going I, off I, of the numbers and yeah. hoping that this guy continues to perform at the level that you need him to. I can tell you the when the first player and not trying to badmouth anybody, the first player I thought of when you were talking about that specifically is Carlos Martinez is the first name that I thought of. So much potential. Mm-hmm. And he was great early on. But do you remember all that happened towards the end there where he did his own kind of routines during the offseason? It wasn't the proper routines that he should have been doing and all that different kind of stuff that that's where when you're talking about it's up to the players to take themselves to that next level. That was a player that I thought of specifically. Somebody who had so much potential, but just did not make those right yeah. moves. I'm really maximizing his talent. But that's not on the that's not on the front office. That's not on the coaching staff. That is an internal thing that every player, every man has to decide how hard they want to go in this game and how far they want to go and how much work are they willing to put in. And again, when you're extremely talented, sometimes you don't even know how to work. You don't understand the, the the components to being great and how hard it is for others and how much work is required to stay at that level because you've always been that good of a player. So I think that's part of the problem that the Cardinals have had in, in some of their misses in terms of why guys haven't panned out in the manner in which they wanted to. We, we can take it back to Lars. Lars is a guy that may not be that elite level athlete, but is a guy that has the work ethic, a guy that is going to bring the energy, a guy that is going to show up every single day and do the job that is asked of him. Those are the players you want on your roster. You need guys like that, but then you need you need superstars. You need guys that can go out there and say, give me the ball, I'm going eight, and don't come out here and talk to me for, for eight innings. I'll see you <laughs> at the bottom of the eighth, and then yeah. I will give it to the closer. Those are the guys. You need those guys on your roster as well, and right now the Cardinals are lacking all of those components, which is why they are not a very good team. Well, and I think one thing that concerns me is when I look at specifically Matthew Libertor, his success in the minors, and I know that once you get to the bigs, you're facing a different level of talent. I totally get that. But what concerns me about Matthew Libertor is that he was successful in the minors. He made some adjustments, comes up here, and he looked like he did last season. Looked exactly like he did last season towards the end there. And he probably will get another shot if they start moving guys around at the trade deadline. But at the same time, that concerns me a little bit because what has been an issue that we're seeing at the big league level is pitching. Are we doing enough to really maximize and develop those guys? I know it's on the players, but at the same time, are we making sure that we're doing the best possible for these guys and making sure that we're getting the most out of them and that they're fully prepared and to what they're going into each game? That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we go to the celebrity line and talk to former Titan safety Blaine Bishop. We'll ask him about that uh, Super Bowl and what he's got going on now. That's next on The Open and Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Opening Drive. Brooke Grimsley here along with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. We're going to head to the celebrity line now to talk to former Tennessee Titan and now co-host of the Blaine and Mickey show on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Blaine Bishop. Blaine, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you doing? 
<laughs> well, I appreciate you, you having me on in, in this uh, market. It's always fun to, to catch up with you, Brooke. Uh, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Blaine, I'm slowly trying to make St. Louis a little bit more of a Titan town. I, I'm working <laughs> on it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm edging my way into it. Well, we've been talking a lot about the greatest show on turf this week and the Music City oh, Miracle, my. of course. And we've also been talking about the Cardinals. I know that Mickey Ryan is a big Cardinals fan. Is he coping okay with the Cardinals right now? And has he roped you into all of that? Uh, definitely not, but he's, he's for sure a Cardinals fan. But he is, he's on the Debbie Downer right now. But, <laughs> he's not alone. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's not too happy right now. So, yeah, they... I, mean, I haven't been keeping up, but I, just through him, I feel like I know what's going on because he is not happy. Oh, no, he, he's not at all. Neither are Cardinals fans. Well, as we were mentioning there, the greatest show on turf in the Music City Miracle. We talked to Mike Jones a little bit earlier this week. We'll just start oh, yeah. off with your best memory of facing the greatest show on turf and just being a part of the Music City Miracle. Oh, my. Well, there aren't any best memories because we lost. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe the best memory is that we played them in the regular season at home and and we won that game, did a totally different scheme and everything else, probably, uh, you know, outsmarted ourselves. But, you know, naturally, on a serious note, uh, they have, you know, Hall of Famers all over the place. It was really tough. Guys are really good. Isaac Boots, Marshall Falk, you can go down the list. Even Torrey Hoad's going to be, you know, in the Hall of Fame, too, as well uh, with Kurt Warner. So it, it was a, a tough task. We had a couple guys uh, down and out, especially at the corner position. So uh, we thought uh, we could hang in there and get after the quarterback and see where we would land. And uh, naturally, the greatest show on turf at the end there, uh, you know, made a big play. Uh, we had good coverage. Javon Curse hit him on the arm there with Warner and ball was underthrown. And Bruce made a heck of a play. And then off to the races, uh, you know, one of the, the fastest guys uh, in the league at the time. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough blow. But, uh, you know, I, you know I, I think most of the people, as much as we didn't win the game, you know, we got a lot of respect uh, in this league uh, during that season uh, and uh, how we kept fighting all the way to the end. So, uh, unfortunately, I thought the team we played, our, our team the next year was actually better, and then we got beat by the Ravens with a lot of special team snafus, so uh, holding them to 104 yards in total offense. But the greatest show on turf was something special. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. At least least we haven't. (laughs) Man, (laughs) They were a special team. Blaine, let's talk about the current Titans team. Last year finished 7-10, lost, uh, I think, seven of their last games, and and not not a great season, not a great way to end the season. The AFC South is a a division that is winnable. What do you see for this Titans team for this, uh, this upcoming season? Man, you know, that was kind of crazy to see them lose seven games in a row. And they had a lot of injuries, especially up front on the offensive line, which is horrendous. So you've never seen – I've never seen a coach lose seven in a row and then keep his job. So mm. it was more so the talent. So uh, Vrabel, I thought, was, did a great job coaching and kept them in all the games. So they end up letting the GM go. So they have a new GM, Rand Carthon, uh, who's been in this league and actually, uh, you know, was a backup running back in this league. And his dad uh, was a starting uh, fullback there for the Giants back in the day. So uh, he has a lot of knowledge, kind of brought in a whole different vibe to the team. Uh, They're getting their offensive line together with the drafts and signings. So that looked pretty good until they had a player, uh, I'm going to call him MPF, uh, Petit Ferrer from Ohio State, who started every game last year as a rookie, third-round pick, is now suspended for – 
you know, the, the gambling policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, I guess, betting on games, uh, not, not games, NFL games, but like other fantasy or basketball or something else. So I don't think he knew the rules. This guy's pretty sharp, too, by the way. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe some of the guys didn't know the rules. So this year is going to be kind of an interesting deal with the new coordinator, Tim Kelly, who was with the Texans like in 19 or so, did a real good job with Watson and then on to Mills. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they open up the offense and see how much that affects Derrick Henry and how much he has touches in a game because he's a guy that kind of gets revved up as he goes. Uh, and they have a new uh, running back, uh, backup running back in the third round. Tajay Spears has looked pretty good. Uh, they still need to upgrade the uh, the wide receiver position. So I don't know if we're quite there yet at that position. That's why DeAndre Hopkins signing would be great. And that would kind of level, uh, level the playing field for everything else. Defensively, you know, you got one of the best in the business at D-Tackle and Jeffrey Simmons. So, uh, and then they got Kevin Byard in the back end there. And they got some corners who's young and up and coming. So uh, they got a great front four. So this is a team that's probably in the middle of the road type team. But as you mentioned, they're carry, uh, uh, you know, the AFC South is, you know, one to be taken by anybody. Jaguars are up and coming team with a lot of talent because they have, a, you know, a lot of picks. So, their talent is, is more than the Titans. I just think the coaching there will put them in the mix there to be competing for the AFC South. Well, Blaine, I will tell you, you all are in good hands with Rand. Rand is my guy. We played together, uh, so I've known him for a while. We had him on the show a couple yeah. of weeks ago. He's a he's a good guy. He's got great a great dude. mind, yeah. and he loves mm-hmm. the game of football, and he loves the running back position, which brings me to my next question. Derrick Henry is a throwback. I played running back, fullback in the league. I uh-huh. love the way he plays the game of football. What makes him different from, from anyone else you've seen play this game? Well, I mean, I, I would say he's a unicorn, first of all, because of his size and, and his, his speed. Uh, and I think that kind of what makes him kind of special. It, it really is something to behold, uh, just to, to see him go out on the field. I think, to a certain extent, I don't think people realize how big he is till they see him live. I'm talking about players now. Uh, Kerry, and uh, that that's kind of you know kind of yeah. intimidating and stuff. And then to see what he's done on film, you know, you go out there and go, man, this dude is this big running like this. And yeah. so, uh, and I and I think he keeps evolving his game. He keeps getting better. He he started doing jump cuts and things of that nature the last year. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of on the CJ two K level. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he you know being a big guy, tall like he is. And long-legged, you know, it's kind of hard for him. If somebody gets in the backfield real quick, it's kind of tough for him to make change of directions. So he started showing signs of that. Uh, I want to see if he can impact the game as a pass receiver and not running screens Mm -hmm. and, you know, sharp flare passes. I'm talking about running routes down the field and become a threat. Once he does that, I think there's nothing could say he's not one of the the best running backs. Because right now you still can say he's one of the best runners of running backs. But the complete package type player, I don't know if he's quite there yet as, as impacting in the passing game. Because they have to take him out on third down. Yeah. So that's a, you know, I don't, I don't like that because, first of all, great players adapt and they impact the game even when they don't have the ball. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they use him in that role, especially as this is contract year. His contract is up. He's reaching 30, as you know, when you're playing running back. 30 is like you're old and mm-hmm. he's still producing. So I think he's going to break some Titans record, be the Titans all-time leading rusher. I think he's going to get 1,600 yards or more steal. And uh, it's going to have a phenomenal year. Uh, it's going to be interesting because him and Tannehill and, and kind of Bayer are kind of in this, you know, phase where 
they're still playing at a high level, but their contracts are getting close to the end, and they may move forward, as you know, the business side of uh, the National Football League. You talked about size and speed. Does he remind you of your former teammate, Eddie George? <laughs> uh, I, what I are the differences? Two, yeah, that, that's what I was, I was going down the road. I would say uh, I think King Henry is faster. Okay. His uh, vertical running speed is faster. I think Eddie George was probably a little bit more complete of a player mm-hmm. uh, with his pass catching as well as uh, his pass protection. I think that's something else that uh, Henry needs to continually mm-hmm. work on. Uh, so I'm, I'm real big on I like players who are multifaceted. So like a Marshall Falk would be at the top of the list for me. That's why they're paying the Kamara, oh, the yeah. McCaffreys, and those guys can do multiple games. And then you circle them on the on the on the you know on the <laughs> press release of all week. This is a guy we got to stop. You know yeah. where Henry's kind of this one trick pony. At least that's how to utilize him as just a runner. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like that because I think he's more than that. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a chance to do that in this kind of new form of an offense that they're running. They still have to run, you know, things that Henry likes. But I'm interested to see how he fits in that. So I would say, uh, you know, the home run threat probably Henry wins that. But as more of a complete player, uh, I, I think Eddie, Eddie George. I, I think uh, he was a little more physical, uh, and uh, Henry's bigger than than Eddie George. Mm. Uh, so yeah. One more question. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, both have been been really, really fun to watch. It's been a treat as a Titans fan. One more question before we head out. You mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. I know that that's the hot topic in Nashville right now. What do you think the likelihood is of the Titans landing him? Man, I I said early on I I wouldn't sign him uh, unless he agreed to, you know, I, I wouldn't go over $10 million. That this is kind of just the way, unless somebody gets hurt, you have to up the ante, and it's kind of worked out that way. I don't know what they're, they're presenting to him. I have no idea. Uh, I think he was trying to, you know, you know, which his agent's supposed to do is, you know, develop some, you know, uh, some bids and everything else with the Titans as well as New England because he, he knows the coordinators on both teams that he played under, so he knows the offense, so he can get in camp late and still kind of wait around and then see. I, I'm worried about more Kansas City. Uh, because if they sign Jones, then I can open up their cap as well as Mahomes or you know or Kelsey uh, to some extensions that they will have some space in. Who wouldn't want to play with with Mahomes and your wide receiver? Then kind of increase your market. Still gonna get the ball. I played with Andy Reid with Philadelphia. He loves throwing the ball all over the yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm more concerned with that. And he's a great dude. Uh, so uh, Andy Reid. So I, I just man, I, I want to put it fifty fifty. I want to put it fifty. I think it's increasing as time goes on. Uh, as Kerry would know, he you want to go where familiarity familiarity with the offense, mm-hmm. so he didn't wouldn't have to learn anything new, and he can go right in. And then now you're just working on your timing with your quarterback, right. which Tannehill to me is still a serviceable quarterback uh, in the National Football League. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Blaine. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. And also just thank you for everything. You're the whole reason that I'm even into this radio world right now. You, Mickey and Brent, I know that some people are on different shows, but you guys are yeah. a huge mm-hmm. part of why I was able to pursue this. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining us today. Nah, I appreciate it. Any time for you, Brooke. Uh, yeah, and pleasure meeting you too, Carrie. Nice as well. meeting you so, as well. Uh, thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, man. Yeah, much respect. <laughs> appreciate it. it. All right. Thank you, Blaine. That was Blaine Bishop, former Tennessee Titan, and now co-host of the Blaine and Mickey Show on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up next...
we have the fight and we do. Oh, we need a fighter, right? We need a fighter. So be sure to text into the Air Comfort Service text line. That is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. The fight is coming up next. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Brooke Grimsley here. We don't have Megamind in today, so it is going to be Carrie Davis. And I was asking Rocky, we need a nickname. Okay, so if somebody could text in. Muscle Mind. Muscle Mind. <laughs> I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's nice, though. I don't that know. You, just, like you asked me to come up with a nickname like okay. Megamind for Carrie, well, and it just it hit me right there in the moment. We'll have somebody text in. We need somebody to text in and give us a nickname for Carrie Davis when he steps in for Megamind for the fight. We'll, we'll no, come no, up no. with something good. Muscle mind isn't terrible. That's a, that's brains a great and bra- Brains and brawn, Carrie Davis. Okay. All right. Carrie Brains and Braun Davis. Now we are going to welcome in to fight Carrie Davis or Muscle Mind. Yeah, there we go. Eric. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Great. Are you ready for the fight against Carrie? I think so. I'll do my best. All right. I like I like that positive attitude for Friday. We'll go ahead and get started. So since 2000, two Cardinals have led the National League in hits during a season. Albert Pujols in 2003. And who else? Scott Rowland, Paul Goldschmidt or Matt Carpenter? I'll go with Matt Carpenter. All right. Happy birthday to the owner of Revis Island, Darrell Revis. Uh, for which school did Revis play his college ball? Was that Syracuse, Pittsburgh, or Michigan? Michigan. Since first being awarded following the 1957 season, who is the only non-quarterback to win multiple NFL MVP awards? Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, or Walter Payton? Jim Brown. And when the Cardinals hosted the All-Star Game, when St. Louis hosted the All-Star Game in 2009, which American League player took home the MVP award? Was that Nelson Cruz, Carl Crawford, or Tory Hunter? Can I get the options one more time? I'm sorry. No problem. Well, uh, when the Car- Cardinals and St. Louis hosted the All-Star Game 2009, which AL player took home the MVP award? Nelson Cruz, Carl Crawford, or Tory Hunter? Carl Crawford. All right. We will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Eric, how are you feeling? Uh, not well. I don't know if I got any correct. You don't feel you don't think you got any correct? I believe <laughs> yeah, in you. I, I believe you were very confident coming <laughs> in. I believe in you today. And but you do have Carrie Davis who is fired up. Oh, here he comes. He's got water refilled and coffee, I believe. <laughs> Carrie, say hi to Eric. Eric, how you doing? Pretty well. How are you doing, Carrie? Oh, I don't know, man. Let's see. Oh, see how it goes. Sometimes usually you're a little confident coming well, into this. When you when you don't get the words that Rock uttered to me on the way out. What did here. he say? Something what Pat Maroon told the the Bruins. Oh. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, take we'll the see. options, Gary. All right. Well, let's get into the fight. Also, I put it out there, uh, and well, no, you can't see the text line because I don't want you no, to, I can't see to give anything line. away. No, I, don't I, see it. I, I really. <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out, we're trying to give you a nickname because you have Megamind. And so okay. I've opened it up to the textures to give you. Oh. Um, <laughs> Rock gave you Muscle Mind. <laughs> okay. That sounds like Muscle Hamster. That was a great nickname for him, though. Doug Martin was a great nickname. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and get started. Question muscle number mind. one. Since 2000, two Cardinals have led the National League in hits during a season. Albert Pujols in 2003, and who else? Matt Carpenter. Happy birthday to the owner of Revis Island, Darrell Revis. Yeah. For which school did he play his college ball? Hmm. Well, him and a young man named LaShawn McCoy used to be practicing after we practiced in Pittsburgh. Pitt. We share a facility. With the Pittsburgh Panthers. I did hmm. not know that. Yeah, I know you didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I know you didn't. I was, okay. uh, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Question we, we number We share a facility three. with those guys. Since first being awarded following the 1957 season, who is the only non-quarterback to win multiple NFL MVP awards? Ooh. Non-quarterback to win multiple. Ooh. This offensive MVP? This is not defensive MVP? Um, this is NFL MVP. It just says NFL MVP. Tricky, awards. tricky, tricky. I'm Ron tricky. Burgundy. I just read the. I just read what Rock puts All right, here. Give me the options, okay? Please. Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. Oh. Well, I wasn't thinking. I'm glad I did ask for the options. Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. I feel like Barry only won it once. I'm gonna have to say. Jim Brown. All right, Kerry, when the Cardinals hosted the All-Star Game, St. Louis hosted the All-Star Game in mm-hmm. 2009, which American League player took home the MVP award? Oh, Lord. <laughs> 2009? It was a 2009 All-Star Game. So you, the Yankees win the World Series like that year? Kerry, you can get options say? on a second question if you want. I, I, well, if you want I, to, I wanna it's go Friday. With, I feel like it's oh, fair. You ask the text line and you let see what they say. <laughs> no, who uh, cares? Um... I want to go with the Yankee. You said American League? I said American League. They, they won that year. Is it Captain America? Let's go Derek Jeter. So you're going to make us do a... You're going to make us do a tiebreaker, huh? No. Oh, well, you already revealed. Oh, come on. You already revealed it. <laughs> it's the last question. Well, I, oh. the, the next thing I do is tell everybody that it's tied. Okay. That's all I got to do. That's all I got left to do, Brooke. I don't know. Sometimes I like a little like build up to it. Oh, so, sorry. no. You know where you sorry. say it was. Sorry. Hold on a second. Let me, cal- let me calculate the scores. Like, it was a close one today. <laughs> let me calculate the scores here. One. Two, oh, just get to you. Three. Just get we to have a tie in today's fight, <laughs> I, which I means wanted, we have to go I to the tiebreaker. I wanted a big to-do about it because I think it's a big deal. I, I like tiebreakers. I have a big to-do for tiebreakers. I just tell okay. people to tie, and then wrong. I explain the rules. Gosh darn it. Um, the rules here are simple. We will read out our tiebreaker question. It's going to be closest to the pin. We will give Kerry Davis a moment to write down his answer. We will then get Eric's answer audibly. We'll then have Kerry confirm what he wrote down. And again, whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. Eric, do you understand those rules? I do. Carrie, do you understand those rules? Yep, hear them every day. Okay, now All you're right. making it a big to-do for the tiebreaker. <laughs> Carrie, are you sure you understand it? I think so. Okay. Good to know. Oh, his computer almost <laughs> fell. 
It's broke now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's falling apart. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my, my tiebreaker question didn't transfer over for some reason. So here we go. Here's the tiebreaker question. LeBron James has played 1,421 games in the regular season. 1,421 games in the regular season. How many times has he scored 20-plus points? LeBron James has played 1,421 regular season games. How many times has he scored 20-plus points? Just a moment, Eric. Let's get let Kerry do a little math and write down his answer. Hundred? How many games? He has played in one thousand four hundred and twenty-one regular season games. One thousand four hundred and twenty-one. How many times has he scored twenty plus points? Okay, let me go a little higher. How many times has Albert Pujols? That's the different. That's a different one. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't transfer over on the paper for some reason. No, no, no. I was like, we're not looking at the uh, same thing. You know, you do not. Just in case Eric is watching, you Um, saw the number. I scratched out one. Yeah, Yeah, I saw. I I saw the other one. Eric, what is your guess? Again, how? um, LeBron James played in fourteen hundred and twenty-one regular season (laughs) games. How many times has he scored twenty plus points? I don't like it. Too high. Uh, It's just in the dark, but I'm going to say nine twenty-five. Ooh, Carrie Davis, what mm. was your guess? You 900. Ooh, can you show the... Uh... <laughs> I scratched out, and then I went with that. So you went with 900. Eric went with 925. This is Price is Right. For real. Ladies and gentlemen, the Price is Right rules are in effect. So if LeBron James scored between 901, or I guess anything between under 900, but between 901 and 924 times, I guess I'd give it to Carrie, but... Uh, this is going to be a close one. Did uh, Eric guess perfectly against Carrie's ring that bell? The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? <sighs> I usually get to enjoy this song. I'm usually, I'm usually, usually very fearful when I play this song. So, Eric, congratulations! You took down Carrie Davis. LeBron James scored o- over 20 plus points in over 1,100 ah. games out of 1,400. So, the 925 Price is Right rules in effect. He prices right. You carry. It was a small window ah. to beat him, and LeBron James nowhere close. So, Eric, congratulations! You are the winner of today's fight. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. There you go. You'll be taking taking on Randy Carricker on Monday, so good luck with that. We'll go through these answers from today's fight question. Since 2000, the Cardinals have led the NL in hits. Two Cardinals have led the NL in hits during a season. Albert Pujols and Matt Carpenter in 2013. Darrell Revis did, in fact, go to Pittsburgh because Kerry had that cheat code in his back pocket. I didn't know. Since 1957, uh, when the NFL MVP award started being awarded, Jim Brown is the only non-quarterback, and he won it three times. And when the Cardinals hosted the All-Star Game in 2009, it was Carl Crawford, who ah. took home the who took home the All Star Game MVP award, so a three three tie, and then a t- win in the tiebreaker for Eric. Eric, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight. We'll talk to you on Monday. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, Eric. That was a, that was, was a great. Was Derek Jeter on the on the list? Uh, no, it was no. Nelson Cruz, Carl Crawford, Tory Hunter. Ah, I uh, probably would. It, it happens. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the fight. A great fight, by the way, with Carrie Davis. And we're still working on that. I've seen some good nicknames. I saw someone that said the bearded brain. I'm going to run with that oh, one. Oh, the, the bearded, bearded brain. brain. I like good. that one. Anyways, that was the fight. Coming up next, we're going to head to the celebrity line with former Major League Baseball catcher and co-host of Foul Territory, Eric Kratz. That's ahead next on the opening drive. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Dylan Carlson, last trade deadline, he was of interest to a lot of teams for because of his play. This trade deadline, he's going to get some interest from teams because of his potential and his versatility and maybe how they see him fit in his ballpark. Um, Hicks to Texas, that makes sense. Um, you know, the Cardinals trying to maximize what they can get for Hicks makes a lot of sense. They'll also have discussions about other relievers. Um, but I think, you know, it's a good place to start, which is where the Cardinals are starting by saying, look, we're not talking about Lars in this conversation. He's part of the future. He's part of that 2024 and beyond. And the Cardinals see exactly the potential and the production and the profile that every other team sees with them. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And that voice you heard was Derek Gould on foul territory with our guest. We go to the celebrity line and we visit with former MLB catcher, co-host of the foul territory. Eric Kratz has a book out called The Tau of the Backup Catcher. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But Eric, let's talk about what you heard from Derek Gould and this Cardinals team and kind of some of the things that they are dealing with right now. First of all, thank you for joining us. But, but what do you think about this Cardinals team right now and what they're dealing with? Thanks for having me on. I think they're dealing with a lot of L's, and they thought they were going to have a lot of W's this year. I don't think a lot of people saw what was going to happen this year, and I think they this might be the first move that Mo is actually making in the right direction for this season. Now, Eric, you uh, played catcher for 11 seasons, and and you know we had a a little bit of an issue with our starting catcher where some were saying he didn't know what pitchers needed to throw or no no continuity between him and the pitching staff. What did you make of that uh, when you heard about that that conflict between the pitcher and, and Wilson Contreras? I think it, I think that was just one of the dramas around surrounding Wilson throughout this year. I came on a St. Louis radio station earlier in the year and you know we talked about this and I think it's something that yes that is definitely a Wilson Contreras problem the recent the recent thing that came out that Michael Kay said you know whether it's true or not or whether it's the same instance you know Helsley came on our show and confirmed that Contreras had called pitches that that the pitcher didn't have but I can also attest that I know there was a pitcher that when Yadier Molina came to talk to the mound, came to the mound to talk to him when he came into the game, he was a rookie at the time and he came to the mound to talk to him. And he goes, he goes, Hey, you know what? I want you to throw a curveball right here. Hmm. And the pitcher was like, well, in his mind, he's like, I don't have a curveball, but if Yadier Molina thinks I should throw one, yeah. I've definitely seen guys throw them. So, <laughs> It's one of the it's one of those things that when you have so much street cred like Yadier Molina, guys trust it. And when you are, you know, you have a little bit of ineptitude from your previous employer. I mean, the Cubs used to call pitches for Wilson Contreras. That you know, pitchers kind of they need time. They're like you know they're. They're they're definitely a softer breed. Pitchers are a softer breed in the sense that they have to, you know, they have to be they have to be coddled. They have to handled be handled with care, encouraged, handled with care. There, there you, go. you go. So you know, I don't think it's as bad as as they say about Wilson, but I also don't think it's 
$87.5 million for five years, as good as Mo gave him his contract. Hmm. Mm. Well, with Wilson Contreras, you mentioned the Cubs. Do you think that the Cardinals should have had a little bit more in place to help Wilson Contreras this season? Yes. Hmm. hundred thousand million percent. Yes. They have, they see now, I, I hope what, what, what Yadier did for people, not, not just, not just cause you know, his, his ability, his like physical ability declined from his hall of fame stature that he had earlier in his career towards the end of his career. That happens to everybody. He played to, he's almost 40 years old. So, that's nothing against him, but the organization now sees this guy was doing scouting reports. This guy was taking care of video analysis people. There's people that need to step up for that organization to fill some of the voids that weren't in Yadier Molina's contract that someone has to pick up right now. And to say, oh, well, Wilson Contreras is getting paid $87.5 million to do that. Sorry, that's that's unfair because you're talking about a Hall of Fame catcher that you're replacing, but you also have to replace his – his bat is super easy to replace. To me, I think his physical defense is super easy to replace. Mm-hmm. The leadership and everything else that he brought that you're now seeing as, holy cow, like this starting rotation, they can't be that much worse one year removed from Yadier Molina being gone. So the common factor, the common denominator here is people have to step up for what Yadi was bringing to the table. Now, Eric, you recently released a book called The Tao of the Backup Catcher. And in one of the excerpts, it says, it is a story of grown men who once dreamed of stardom, generational wealth. Instead, they were handed a broom and a deeper understanding of who wins and why, who stands tall and who folds, and who will invest their own lives in those who might not. Explain to me what that means as a, as a backup catcher. It sounds like I played fullback, so I feel like we have some of the same interests at heart. Tough guys, hard-nosed guys, heart and soul of the team. Tell me what backup catcher means to you you are you are spot on and i love the fullback analogy because (laughs) you you definitely didn't sit there going man i hope they don't give me the ball to to run you know what why why are they calling my play no when you got when your when your number got called you were like Hell yeah, here we go. I'm going to bust some people. Yeah, I'm a, I might even break this open for 60 yards. Yes. Three yards later, they're like, all right, let's go back to the regular guy. You, you start blocking. Indeed. And there's nothing, and, and, and truly, there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. because somebody has to do that. Somebody's got to open the holes for the running back. And those holes aren't open for the running back without – Somebody grinding it, putting their nose in there, getting after it for that guy, and ultimately for the team. You know, that's that's what we play sports for. That yeah. is what irritates me so much when teams tank or they have the process. or Like, you never once sat in the backyard or went down to the creek and was like, hey, I bet I can – not throw these next three stones as far as you, but as I get better at throwing these stones, there's a chance I might be able to beat you. No, mm. first one, you pick that thing up and you're like, yeah, I just skipped it 60 times across the pond. You can't beat me. Like yeah. That's just the ultimate competition. 
And really, a fullback, a backup catcher? Yeah. They want to be the best. Absolutely yep. they do. But you know what? On this day, they're the fullback. Mm-hmm. They're the backup catcher. Well, in, in the book, too, you talk about your experience of being just a journeyman. What was it? Nine teams across 11 years. Is that correct? I mean, that's that's a lot of moving back and forth. What was that experience like for you and some of the highs and lows that you lay out in the book? It was it was nine, nine big league teams that I played a game for. I technically suited up for 11 big league teams. Wow. And. I played for 14 different organizations hmm. in the minor leagues and the big leagues. So my wife and I had, we were, when I, when I quit playing, we were married for almost 20 years. We were married for 19 years. So I got married right before I got drafted and we had moved ready for this yes. one month or more. We lived in one, a place one month or more, 94 different times. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the book the book delves into all of this. The book delves into that kind of thing. And, and the game, I, I think I think sports in general, you know, we, we highlight the superstars because, well, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. They're superstars. They're the elite of the elite. And there is probably more of a connection in my career to other people who never made the big leagues, never made a you know the top professional league, they have more of a connection to me than the superstars. Mm-hmm. But the superstars are for the for the right reason. You know they are advertised. They are the ones who are cheered for because they're out there every day. They're doing way more on the surface than I am, than you know somebody like me. But I think it's really cool because Tim, the author, really shows in this book that you can, like, other people could do this. Other people could make it to the big leagues. There's just a different path. And sometimes people want to be the one that gets the huge contract. And if you don't get that contract, eh, you know what? I'm going to do something else. And that's not quitting, mm-hmm. that's just making life choices. There's nothing wrong with that, not at all. I know you guys have been talking a lot on foul territory about where the unicorn is going to go. The mega superstar, you're talking about superstars, mega superstar Shohei Otani. What's your prediction? Uh, he's not going to the Pirates. How about that? Is that a good? <laughs> there you go. Okay, I like that. I like that. I would not um, like to see him in a Pirates uniform. Thank you for that. I, I guess I guess the, the strong money would be that he's going to the Dodgers that he's going to the Mets. You know, if I were to take Dodgers and Mets versus the field, you know, I'd probably take the money on Dodgers or Mets. But to me, if you're a team and you have a facility, and when I mean a facility, a stadium and a whole village surrounding your stadium, <coughs> Cardinals, you should be <laughs> you should be offering this man some type of lump sum of money. And it's going to be the largest contract you've ever offered anybody. Like teams are going to say, well, we've never offered anybody over $300 million. Well, you're right. You should offer this man over $500 million because ultimately let's say, let's say like right now he has a blister on his finger because of a split fingernail. That is, you know, that's a detriment to a pitcher. Absolutely. Well, you know what? He's still going to go out and hit dingers for you at the plate. So, there is no, like, and all that aside, all the baseball aside, 
he has such a marketability in every market. It's almost worth. They're saying Forbes was saying this year it's worth fifteen million. They're saying next year it could be anywhere from twenty to twenty-two million dollars of marketability value, which is crazy. So now all of a sudden you're talking about putting fifty million dollars out for a player, possibly fifty-five million dollars, but you're getting twenty million back. Like all of a sudden Shohei Otani for fifty million dollars becomes a deal. Like what? Like this guy is. He is crazy. I think, to me, the dark horse here could be a Boston, or I know it's going to cringe for people in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Chicago. No. Because, yeah. Oh, sorry. Because everybody, everybody, looks at, everybody looks at the Dodgers and goes, and people tell me, no way, you're stupid. Everybody looks at the Dodgers and says, wow, they didn't spend this year. The Red Sox didn't really spend, but they picked up a countryman in Yoshida. The Cubs didn't really spend. I mean, they're not. They haven't. They haven't extended Marcus Stroman yet. You know, so to me, they're not spending. Why would they not be spending? They have another countryman there in Seiya Suzuki. I think they're they're dark horses for a bidding war, which ultimately is what teams have to do. You can't just let the Dodgers say, "Well, we'll give you five hundred fifty million. You got to make the Dodgers at least pay for it." Like. Like Grandma Jean at the at the auction at the silent auction, <laughs> make her, you got to make her pay for those sticky buns. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Eric Kratz, co-host of Foul Territory, Territory author of Catcher, uh, Tau of the Backup Catcher. You can catch Foul Territory every day, every weekday from twelve to two Central. Subscribe for free on YouTube and catch the pod version on Apple and Spotify. Eric, where can they locate your book and where can they purchase it at? Pretty much every bookstore across America, Amazon, you can get the audio book. That's the only disappointing part of the book is I'm not the one reading it, but oh, then I download no. it. I know, I know. I got a, <laughs> I got a real nasally voice. They didn't want to hear me for nine hours. The stories but, would have been greater, though, with, yeah. with your – I mean, it's you. It's you know it. Yeah, and that's, that's part of why I wanted to do it, yeah. but it would have been – they would have. They knew. They knew with my ADD. They would have been like, uh, "Hey, we got. We got to retake that. You didn't even read the book." Like, I would have just gone off the cuff. Oh man. Well, we appreciate you joining us. We will definitely look to get you on in the future. Uh, best of luck going forward, and, and talk to you soon. Absolutely, I appreciate. it. Enjoy the trade deadline. Indeed, backup catchers and fullbacks unite. Yes, sir. <laughs> that was Eric Kratz co-host of Foul Territory. Coming up next, we have our Rush Hour Reset. We'll talk about what the Blues... I keep saying Blues. The Cardinals. I'm, I have the Blues on my mind. Because maybe yeah, there's just blue did something. on there. What, what, what did oh, they do? Yeah, we're going to have a little what Blues news oh, on the other side. We'll talk about the Blues news coming up next. <laughs> that was on the a opening good drive. tease. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 101 has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Marlins. It's the next Budweiser Bash game of the 2023 season and features a limited edition bobblehead giveaway featuring 101 ESPN's Brad Thompson. Keep listening to 101 for your chance to win a four-pack of free tickets and get all the details for this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cards games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. At Shane Company, we believe everybody is made to shine. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Shining is not for a chosen few. Like a rare gemstone, 
Each one of us was created under just the right set of circumstances. Your moments, your milestones, your love story all deserve to shine bright. You don't need an occasion or an invitation. You and your life are the event. At Shane Company, we handcraft our jewelry with the greatest care and hand select the most beautiful gemstones so you can shine. So put on a pair of earrings that make your eyes sparkle. Wear diamonds that light up the room. Try on sapphires in every color of the rainbow. Give an heirloom that collects new stories with each generation. We're all made to shine. Shane Company, fine jewelry since 1929. Running a small business takes grit and determination and a communications provider that's got your back. That's Spectrum Business. Fast, reliable communication solutions that keep your business going. Get 300 megabits per second internet, just $49.99 a month when bundled with Spectrum Business Connect, the all-in-one phone system that lets you work from anywhere on any device and get a free mobile line for a year. Visit spectrum.com slash go faster. Restrictions apply. Service is not available in all areas. I'm home. Where is everyone? Max, why is your head in the freezer? Because it's so hot out. Okay, where's your sister? In here, Mom. What are you doing in a bathing suit in the bathtub? We have a pool. Yeah, but our pool is hot. This is an ice bath. <laughs> All right, where's your father? Uh, he went to the store to stand in the frozen food section. Oh. Air Alliance team. Getting the job done quickly, correctly, 100% of the time. AirAllianceTeam.com Section... Hey, gang, sorry I'm late. The other surgery went a little longer than anticipated. Nah, you haven't missed much. Oh, good. What's this guy getting? A car? He's selling his kidney to uh, get a new HVAC system installed. Oh, an overpriced HVAC system. This is like the third person this week. You don't have to sell your kidney to afford five-star service from Swiss Air. Get a 29-point cooling system check for just $69. SwissAirSTL.com. WSOS, WSOS HD1 East St. Louis, 101 ESPN is driven by Auto Centers Nissan, home of the lifetime warranty and 30-day return. Live from the Car Shield Studio, this is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The way I look at the Cardinals is they clearly have to look themselves in the mirror and recognize they don't have enough pitching. Even if a miracle happened and they were able to get, they don't have the pitching to win the World Series. So why would you buy? Why would you buy talent? Why would you trade away young talent for Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn to put them in your rotation when you know that isn't going to help you win the World Series? There are teams like the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, they could win the division. That's great. Are they going to be buyers? No matter what they buy, they're not good enough to win the World Series. A lot of teams have to have some soul-searching right now, including the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the opening drive. That was Greg Amsinger yesterday from MLB Network talking about the Cardinals' approach to the trade deadline and also potential moves that they might make this offseason. I think that there's like a laundry list or a, is a, maybe a honey-to-do list of what the Cardinals need to do. You got a little work to do. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. What What is tops for you guys? 
trade deadline off season of the free first agency thing, is tops for me. Oh my god! Yeah, the first thing you're going to approach an ace. Okay. okay. Are you going to get that ace in uh, in free in start in trading with, at the trade deadline? Did Greg stutter? Yay or nay? Did Greg stutter? He said no. He said you're not going to get him. Correct. I'm just saying. I'm saying free agency. You got to go get him. Right. That so. <laughs> I wish I could make a punting sound. <laughs> the punt on the 2023 season. Yeah. You just I'm, I'm, watch it. Watch hey. it fade away. Hey man, no, you saw the you saw the uh, musicians on the Titanic when they did that movie. How they were sitting there <laughs> Sinking playing with the ship. <laughs> yes, it's just like that. So you're cool with trading all the current stars for prospects, right? Uh, oh, they are. They aren't going to get anything that's going to help them this season. So. The prospects are, you know, it is what it is. Here's Whatever the thing. Get, I, think it, I think it's 100% going to be both. You're going to have to address both of those things. Trade deadline, you're going to have to make some moves because you can't just let Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty walk away for nothing. Mm-hmm. And Paul DeYoung, he's gone. I think we can all agree yeah. on that. Tyler O'Neill, he's gone. And you might have to sweeten the pot. If there's a potential where you could get an ace pitcher at the trade deadline, wouldn't you want to? Which pitcher would that be? If it's Dylan Cease, yeah, sign me up. And maybe I'm saying, I'm just saying, if you sweeten the pot a little bit, you add a position player and a Tommy Edmond, even Derek Gould mentioned Brendan Donovan. He said Lars Newtbar is an untouchable. But if it's something that you really, really need moving forward, I don't think that there's anybody off the table except for those core guys that Moselock was talking about the other day, that core group of Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. And I'm going to put Wilson Contreras in there because guess what? You just signed him. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be here. He's so. whether you like it or not. He's yeah, a part he's, of. He got eighty-seven point five million dollars reasons to be here. And also, yes. I think we can now say after multiple comments from guys like Derek Gould and Greg Amzinger, yeah. Wilson Contreras is going to be here next year. Nolan Arenado is going to be here next year. Paul Goldschmidt is going go. to be here next I, year. I agree. Yeah. And you had some blues news for us, right? Yes. How about this breaking blues news? They've signed somebody to a contract. It's an entry-level deal, and that's Dalibor Dvorsky. Their okay. first-round pick has signed his three-year entry-level contract for St. Louis Blues, and they sent out the tweet, quote-unquote, we told you we liked this kid. Yeah. So good. Nice. congratulations when, to Dalibor Dvorsky. When is he going to be here? Um, Probably, th- uh, best-case scenario, two years. Worst-case scenario, three. Years. Okay. For being optimistic. So how 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 are the Blues going to, how are they going to do this year? They're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Hey, you guys yesterday were talking about how they're going to be the next to win a cup. So I hope you guys think that they're going to be good. Was it the playoffs? We we all went to the playoffs. I thought you said the world championship. They might have edited it a little bit. We said playoffs before the Cardinals because they have the next season. Wasn't the question who's going to win a championship first? No, it was who's going to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Playoffs? And as much as you as much as you keep expanding the MLB playoffs, still ain't still eight. You still don't think next season the Cardinals will be able to make the playoffs. The Blues are going to make it this season. Okay. So well, they technically, will technically they have would. made it before. Okay. If we're, if we're being technical yeah. about it, yeah. then maybe. Yeah, sure. Well, that's maybe. what we're going to go with. <laughs> right? Rock? That's, is that what we're rocking and rolling with yeah. right now? Yeah. Okay. What is Rock rolling with? Well, anyways, the Cardinals Blues start the second the half of the season. <laughs> I'm 100%. Blues are back in the playoffs first, 100%. Okay. Well, just because theoretically and mathematically, because we like go. math here. We're, we're big math we're all people. about the numbers. They technically would be making it first. Anywho, the Cardinals start the second half of the season tonight facing the Nationals. First pitch is at 7-15, and it's going to be Miles Michaelis. They haven't announced who's going to be starting for the Nats yet. Still TBA the last time I checked. Okay. Well, you can look at former Cardinal Lane Thomas. Everybody likes to do that.
But coming up next, we're going to head to the celebrity line and we're going to talk to Chip Carey to see if he's doing a hot girl walk today. That's ahead on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And we go to the celebrity line and talk to our great friend, Cardinals broadcaster, Chip Carey. Chip, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Happy second half. Thank you. Same here. Randy is out today, so you just got us. So my question for you, I know the All-Star break was a, a time to decompress and get away from baseball. You told us you were going home to be around family. My question is, did you get the entire honeydew list done? Uh, you know you take for granted doing the fun things like going to home depot and the hardware store and pulling weeds and cutting grass and uh getting to play catch with your kid in the front yard and actually having a home-cooked meal Mm. so uh it was a lot of fun to get home ever so briefly and uh uh, but you know once once you're home for two or three days with the itinerant nature of our jobs every two or three days we're packing and unpacking and going someplace else the itch to get going for the second half started to kick in, and here we are, ready to go, and hopefully the Cardinals can uh, uh, play a lot better in the second half than they did in the first. Well, much like how you had a honey to-do list, we've been talking about how the Cardinals have a honey to-do list as well of things that they need to accomplish and address. What would, in your opinion, be at the top of that list? got to get pitching. Uh, pitching, pitching, and more pitching. And when you think you have enough pitching, get more pitching, mm-hmm. especially swing and miss stuff. Uh, that would be the first on my potential list. And secondly, I think there has to be more athleticism. Uh, I think when you look at what the Cincinnati Reds have done, and L.A.J. Da Cruz, yes, unicorn-type player, but athleticism and speed and that kind of dynamism is really the name of the game in our sport now. Uh, with the changes in shift rules and all of that, I think that's really going to impact a lot of clubs in ways that none of us could have expected. Uh, and certainly I think it has affected the Cardinals. But those would be my two things. If I were in charge, uh, pitching, get as much stockpile, as much swing in this stuff as you can get, and uh, get as much as many athletes who can really play baseball as you can. And I think they're coming. Mason Wynn, Victor Scott, those are two names that fans will be excited about in the future. But uh, the more of those guys you have, the more they have coming through the system, the sooner you can turn this around. So we've been talking a lot about pitching, but and you mentioned Mason Wynn and the potential of him coming up and Victor Scott. Are you saying that you also believe that maybe there's some other players that are figuring out a way to get more of that athleticism from the current roster that the Cardinals have? Uh, I think I think you, what you see is what you are. I think in fairness to the Cardinals, some of that athleticism has been hampered uh, by injury. Uh, Tyler O'Neill's missed 69, 70 games. I mean, he's a 30 home run gold glove guy. He hasn't played. He's hurt. Hopefully he'll be back. Uh, sooner rather than later. He's a terrific player when he's on the field. That's a problem. Getting Tommy Eben healthy. He was hurt with the, the wrist problem the final week before the All-Star break. That's a problem. Donovan couldn't throw. He's an athlete, uh, but he can hit. So getting all those pieces together for extended stretches of time, I mean, in fairness, as I said, when Tyler O'Neill has missed uh, 80% of your season, he was counted on as being one of your starting outfielders, or not your center fielder and hitting 30 home runs this year. That's a big blow for any club to have to overcome, and I think that was uh, one of the reasons the Cardinals have floundered. Not the only one, but one of them. But getting more of those guys healthy and on the field and showing their dynamism, I think, is something we're all looking forward to. Chip, you talked about pitching, and, and two of the pitchers that have been talked about possibly being traded because of their contracts is Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty. If you do trade those guys, is it 
do you believe that you're going to get major league ready pitching in return, or are you looking at more like prospects for those guys, which puts you in a bigger hole in the pitching that you already need? Oh gosh, I don't know. I, you know, I, again, I'm not privy to those conversations. I don't know if those names are even being bandied about. I know they've been talked about in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, there, there's a dearth of starting pitching. There's a dearth of relief pitching all around Major League Baseball right now, and with so many teams that are, are in contention for postseason play. Uh, players that are not under contract for next year are going to have an awful lot of value. Who those are and where they will go and what they're going to pay and what you're going to get and how soon those players you receive will get to the show, I have no idea. I don't know how that works. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with acquiring prospects now because those are trade chips you can use in the offseason when everybody's had to just subtly figure out who the champion is and you figure out who's available and who's not. So I know that Mo and his staff are working tirelessly to do that. I know they're disappointed that some of the bets that they made haven't worked out. Some have, but not all of them. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a stark and eye-opening that he admitted, we're going to trade people. This mix isn't working right now for the Cardinals. And uh, that's unfortunate, I know, for all of us who expected so much more from this team in the first half. There's a chance still. They're still alive. They're still mathematically alive. And I think people believe that there is a parallel path that could be done here, move guys, bring new guys in, and go on a run. Uh, but obviously the calendar is not our friend right now, either for the trade deadline or the championship season. So I know it's going to be a very, very busy couple of weeks at uh, one Cardinal away. Who is your prediction of a player who is going to really explode or have a big second half? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, you know, I think they are what they are. I, I, it's not like guys have had terrible halves. It's just that nobody's had a breakout first half like we thought they would. Uh, like I said, Tommy Edmond has moved around and played center field. He's been the best center fielder on this team. Jordan Walker came back and had a, a great run for the Cardinals after coming back from Memphis. Donovan at times has been awesome. Goldschmidt and Arenado have been very consistent. I think we're all looking for more from Wilson Contreras, more consistency defensively especially. Uh, for him. He's made improvements, but needs to be better back behind the plate. Um, you know, the bullpen up and down. I mean, Hicks and Helsley and Gallegos, those guys have been uh, up and down. I mean, the Cardinals, I mean, <laughs> answering this question is like trying to figure out which, which child you like the best. <laughs> but there's, nothing has been, there's not been one real cornerstone bedrock foundational piece of this team other than Goldschmidt and Arenado. In Nolan's case, he said he started slowly and did that you can say, okay, we've got this fixed. And then when you go to fix something else, well, it creates another problem somewhere else. And I think that's the most frustrating part of it foundationally uh, from my uh, uh, 10,000-foot view of it is there really hasn't been anything the Cardinals can hang their hat on and say, if we do this consistently, we can win games this way and and, and fix the other problems on the fly. There's just been too many problems that have had to be fixed, in my opinion. You talked about Mosellock saying he you were you were intrigued by him saying that there were, it wasn't working and there would be trade partners or trade pieces leaving. Was there anything else intriguing that you heard from that interview that kind of piqued your ears up a little bit? No, I, just, I, I found it very refreshing, the, the unbridled honesty with which he spoke. Uh, look, everybody's disappointed. Every, I mean, I, I came from Atlanta, and I, 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 I was very clear in, in feeling that this was a team that was going to win the division and win 95 games. I think on paper, that's what everybody thought was going to happen. It just didn't work. And there's no point in, in, in saying that there's anyone or anything to blame. It just didn't work. And I think that the, the biggest key for anybody is to recognize what isn't working and go about trying to fix it. This isn't about blame. There's nobody to blame here. Uh, the Cardinals went about their business very rationally with really good players who just collectively haven't had a good year together. Now it's how do you fix it? How do you build forward so you don't have to go through this again? And I will remind fans that the Cardinals haven't had a losing season in 15 years. There are whole generations of kids in this town that have never seen a team finish below 500. 
in this era of pro sports, that's really a remarkable run, and there's still a chance to keep that alive. Uh, but obviously everybody's disappointed with what happened in the first 90 games. So now let's go out and make it better so we have a fun second half and build toward an anticipatory 2024 season. Do you think that this will be a season in which there won't be a single Cardinal that wins a gold glove, especially with what we've seen in the first half? It's been such a drop-off defensively, but you've had players playing in different positions, so it wouldn't be that surprising. But do you think that we'll go the season without a Cardinal winning a gold glove at all? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, look, and Nolan Arenado has such an incredibly high standard that uh, when you see his defensive metrics and his numbers, you go, wow, something's off. And it was. Uh, you know, that that's hard to believe. And that's that's kind of the way the Cardinals, as you all know, far better than I have been built. You pitch to contact, you get the ball on the ground and you get outs. Well, the ships changed that. <laughs> it, it made it much more difficult for those ground balls to be outs because they're going through holes in the infield that a couple of years ago didn't exist. So I think that's something that the Cardinals are going to have to change on the fly. Swinging this stuff plays in this game and it really, really plays in this era of super high-charged athletes roaming around the field at all positions. So uh, to answer your question, Brooke, yeah, it's possible. Hopefully that won't be the case, but yeah, I think it's possible for sure. So Chip, our question of the day was, do you feel like the Cardinals can get better in free agency or at the trade deadline? Which will they, which will have more of an impact on this team this year or, or for the 2024 season? When you're looking at this roster, what's available at the trade deadline? What's available next season in free agency? Which one do you think will be more impactful for this Cardinals team for the future? Well, I guess it depends on which way your, your organization uh, looks at, at players and, and, and uh, com- as commodities. Is is money an issue or is, is having more players what you want, right? Because young, controllable talent is, is much more valuable than money in our game because of the controllable costs that are involved in it, at least in my opinion. Um, so I think the Cardinals have a unique opportunity to do both, quite honestly. I think they have some pieces that are going to draw a lot of interest and with uh, so few quality pitchers available either in the bullpen or in starting rotations, uh, the Cardinals have a unique opportunity to capitalize on that. And with the money that's coming off the books next year, they can go out and play in the free agent waters if they want to. Now, whether they will or not, it depends on who's available and what the price range and comfort level is. But uh, I think the Cardinals are uniquely positioned to take a step back, see where we are after this year, and really go for it and take command of the Central Division next year. Chip, last question. Do you all take your hot girl walks for home games? <laughs> uh, I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. In fact, I'm having my coffee right now to get energized for it, and I'm going to go out on a hot girl walk here in a little bit, but I'll be by myself. Okay. So it won't be a hot girl. Uh, it'll just be fat old me. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's part of the fun. Get out here and enjoy downtown and uh, see the city people getting fired up for the games and, and the weekend with the Nationals in town. And we do have hot weather, so it's yes. going to be perfect to get a sweat on. Indeed. Thanks, Chip, for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be watching the Cardinals tonight, and uh, good luck. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks. Bye. That was Cardinals broadcaster Chip Carey joining us, talking a little Cardinals baseball second half, and we'll see hot what girl walk. hot girl maybe, walks. Maybe that's what the Cardinals need to do. Just go some team. hot girl walks yeah. together for team bonding. Yeah. Why go. not? Do it. Why not? Yeah. Be good fun. <laughs> That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have the Cardinals have their non-core roster. What? Who the Cardinals? Oh. <laughs> Who is your Cardinal that you picked to have a big second half for this Cardinals team? We'll discuss it when it we return on, on the opening drive. Right? It's, it's hard. <laughs> That's next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
I would like to see Lars Newbar actually play the way everyone was hoping he would play before the season started and, and, and really solidify himself as part of the core. Uh, because as of right now, you know, he's playing well, but he's one, you know, Burleson hot streak away from not playing that much anymore. Because like I said last time I was on your show, this is going to be an AAU high school basketball tryout all the way to the end of the year. Who's part of the core? Who we hold on to? Who's going to go into spring training 2024 with a solidified job? And I hope Lars Newbar kind of solidifies himself in the second half. Welcome back to the opening drive. Happy Friday, everyone. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. Randy with the day off. He has a doctor's appointment, so it's not a fun day off, but still. Mm-hmm. He's probably playing golf by now. By now, he's golfing. I, I would put money on that. I'm sure he'll text in and say yeah. that he is golfing. He'll probably show us a picture. Has. <laughs> With a smile on his face. <laughs> yes, I can see course. that. I can yep. see that. That was Greg Amsinger talking about Lars Newbar. His prediction for the Cardinal player who's going to have a breakout second half of the season. And that's gotten some people fired up because we've been talking about that today. Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch also saying that he believes that Lars Newbar and Jordan Walker are two players who are not going to be on the move. And mm-hmm. I think that you hear Jordan Walker and I say, of course not. And I've right. seen speculation of other people saying on social media, like, okay, well, what could we get in return of Jordan Walker? They're not moving Jordan Walker. That would be a giant mistake yes. by the Cardinals if they move Jordan Walker. I will say, even though I am the president, CEO, uh, treasurer, all that of the nutty neuters of Newt Nation, the Lars Newt Bar fan club, which Greg joined on our show the other day. He did. He did. He I was a little surprised that they brought up Lars Newbar. I personally, of course, think that he's a great player, energy guy. You can also talk about his strikeout rate and also his walk rate and how that is. But at the same time, if we're talking about making this team better for 2024, I can't say that he, Lars Newbar was a part of that list of a core group of players. And maybe he is. Maybe if other teams want him, there's an, a reason why the other teams want him. And I think that Cardinals fans would really hate to see him go elsewhere. And he's another name that we add to all the outfielders that we're yeah. seeing being so successful for other organizations. Yeah, I, I like Newt. I think he uh, we're still I, I'm still waiting on that breakout type of performance, you know, Night after night, I think he has in him. He's shown uh, some ability. He, his numbers are, are really good. And I, him being part of that core group of people that will not be traded or are untradeable, uh, you got, in my opinion, you got Jordan Walker, who we talked about, Newt, Goldie, Arenado. I think, well, Contreras is obviously Contreras. In that, on that list as well. What about Tommy Edmond and Mason Wynn? Are, are those two also on your list of, of untradeable part, pieces for this team going forward? Well, personally, I think that they're pretty high on Tommy Edmond. He has two years, right, Rocchio, of control left, I believe. Two years of control left. Um, I, I would say that the Cardinals are really high on him for a lot of reasons. One, they felt comfortable enough for him, even when you had Dylan Carlson. Remember, even yeah. when Dylan Carlson and Lars Newbar returned from... <laughs> Cold, dead hands. Even when they returned from injury, who was still their center fielder that they were putting out there? Yeah. Tommy Edmond. So they are pretty high on him and his abilities. But 
if you're talking about moving guys, I think I between those two that you listed, Mason Wynn and Tommy Edmond, you have to keep Mason Wynn around. Yeah. Unless it was absolutely something crazy that you're getting something huge in return. I just I don't think you can part with Mason Wynn because you're also parting with Paul DeYoung. I think we, we know that that's going to happen. Paul DeYoung is gone. Mason yeah. Wynn, if you also lose him, I know that you might still have Edmund there, Donovan, but I think Mason Wynn has too much of an upside. And remember what Chip said in the last segment. He wants those the speed, the energy, the athleticism. Right. Who has that Mason Wynn Mason Wynn yes. fits all those categories and if that's the trend in which the league is going you can't afford to lose a player like that yeah I, I agree with you 100% and we were talking about who you think would have the biggest the breakout for the second half of the season I'm gonna go with a name that I mean I think it's pretty easy to 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 pick this person but I'm gonna go with Jordan Walker I think he has shown first half he he went got sitting down and and there were some things they wanted him to correct. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he corrected them, I, I don't know. He came up and still <laughs> looked pretty much like the same player he was before he left. Wait, um, what did he say again about the changes? Yeah, I mean, I'm there was some. What I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm going to do what got me here. He, he basically said, "What point? What's the point of having launch angle if I'm not hitting the ball at all?" I I think that that's I a pretty that good ma- takeaway. That that, that's a, a young man who has a a high intellect, a high baseball intellect, and understands that hitting the ball is all that. Matters when you're batting. So if you're not hitting it, it doesn't matter if you hit it high, if you're not getting hits. So he, he is my pick for the second half to, to have a breakout uh, season. Breakout you, second half. Yes, breakout second half. Do you think that sometimes maybe that's the issue with Nolan Gorman is that focus or the philosophy? Because remember what Nolan Arenado said during the All-Star break. That was great audio that he had with Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch. If you go there, you can see it, where Arenado talked about the pressures that he feels bad for some of the young players. And I know some people say that, well, I'm not going to feel bad for him. They're making a lot of money and you get to play at the biggest level in pro sports. But yeah. At the same time, I do agree with Nolan Arnauto in some ways. Of it's There's more pressure here for those young players to perform than what, what he dealt with at the Rockies when he was up and coming, where he could just be himself. Yeah. And maybe that's what helped him develop into the Nolan Arnauto that we know today. Obviously, it worked out. Yep. But I wonder if some of those pressures that he's talking about, he's almost thinking about Nolan Gorman mm-hmm. and some of the pressures he's facing. He's, he's 23, 24 years old. Do you think that he puts pressure on himself to focus on just home runs the reliance on the home run the the pressure you'll face in cities where winning is not expected is not nearly as high as it is when winning is expected that the the cardinals organization you're a young player you're expected to be winners be champions that comes with the territory I, yeah. I, i'm sure nolan arenado didn't have that much pressure on him because that's not an organization that you expect to win championships year after year after year the important part of being a young player and having that type of pressure is the older players helping alleviate some of that pressure being the guys that you can come to that you can talk to not being and i don't know if any of these guys are this way or are self-absorbed or only worried about their numbers but being a good teammate we saw a lot of it last season with albert pujols in his oh, final yeah. year young would he have players done that veterans when he was, would he have done that in 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 the heyday of albert pujols <laughs> probably not maybe not. not but what you saw from him last year is vital for a baseball team, for any ball club, when you have young players to have that star veteran, whether he's an older veteran, whether Mm -hmm. he's an older player, but he's been a star in this league, he's had great success in this league, he can tell you 
and explain to you and show you the right way to go about things. And I think for those young players on this roster, it is vital. It is crucial for Nolan Arenado, for Paul Goldschmidt, for Wilson Contreras, who is a veteran, for those guys to take some of those guys, those younger guys under their wing and show them how to be great baseball players for their for their careers. You know what's a giant anomaly right now in Major League Baseball and especially in this division is the Reds' success. We've talked about that. Their starting pitching is absolutely terrible and we're talking about it being an issue for the Cardinals. They're actually worse than the Cardinals in a lot of categories when it comes to their starting pitching and their pitching issues that they're facing. And then you also look at their young players that they have. Ellie De La Cruz, the energy, yeah. the athleticism, the speed, the, the energy that he just brings to that team and how things have panned out. That's why it's even more frustrating for the Cardinals because you know how Mosellock said that the, we kept trying to push the right buttons and they weren't working. Yeah. Do you kind of think that they were hoping that they would be able to be in a position that the Reds are in where you had like your young stars and your veterans meshing a lot better than what we're seeing with the Cardinals? Because I'm sure they all get along great, yeah. but it's not translating out to the field. And how many times have we heard Nolan Arenado say this is a young team? Yeah, that, I mean, that's it's important. I mean, any good team that I've been on, the they're aren't any clicks there aren't fractions on the team where you know this guy I've played on some bad teams where there were you know guys making 15 20 million dollars a year they hang out in this corner guys that are free agent rookie uh unsigned guys guys that are are on their rookie deal they hang out in this corner then you got you know your section of guys that are somewhere in the middle they hang together when you have clicks like that and it, it just is not a complete team but when you have the lowest man the 53rd man in our case mm-hmm. on the roster hanging out with the starting quarterback now you have a team that really gels well and everyone has the same goal in mind. Everyone ha- is is solely focused on the same task and that is what helps win games. Peyton, Marvin, and Reggie were just like the mean girls, weren't they? Just nah. completely just clicked <laughs> out. Not at all. Edge was was one of the coolest. Trying figure, trying to figure out who Carrie's talking. No, nah, well, you, <laughs> you, you're gonna have to do some digging there, brother. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. I would love to know yeah. that. I can see. I can see. You know, Reggie, Marvin, Peyton, Edge tries to sit down. Edge, we wear pink on Wednesdays. No, Edge, Edge is uh, Edge was the guy that would bring everybody. Hey, we going here? We're gonna hang out. Let's go do this. He was. You know, and and he's a Hall of Famer. So when you have guys that, and again, when you are all hanging out, not just you know, I'm not saying hanging out, going out to bars. And I've been in that clubhouse. They get along fine, and they've said that they do get along. It's not like they're these guys hate each other from what we can see publicly. Yeah, but but it's it's not translating. It's important that younger players are able to attach to older players that are veterans that have done it, that are superstars, and they can watch not just not just watching and learning, but listen, learning because they're talking and and really taking their time. The older players are taking their time to show the younger players how to do this. Or even just having a Chris Carpenter. And even you could say that Yadier Molina was like that in a lot of the ways where somebody in that room that you knew was always watching and kind of judging you. And I'm saying in a negative way, but where you always had to be on your P's and Q's and making sure that you're trying to impress them. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Players like that, where they have that energy, they have that command in the room where it's like, oh, OK, well, I need to make sure I'm doing the best I can to help him out and also the team out. Yeah, it's you don't want to let your peers down. You don't want to let your teammates down. And uh, when teams are working well together, they generally are all on the same page. Do you want me to read this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that why you gave? I don't know. I don't know. This is. I, look, I, I'm trying my best to be a, a host, a co-host today, and take in Randy Spud. I, I'm trying my best. Okay, we You're have Cardinals. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have Cardinals Bud Bash ticket giveaway. 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus the Marlins. Next, what is this? Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Brad Thompson bobblehead. Text in now at 314-399-9646. That is 314-399-YOHO. And we have a BT question, right? I'm actually going to change this up a little bit. We've gone with the BT questions the last few days. I'm going to change this one up again. We're going to do a little uh, show participation thing because Carrie earlier, if you guys weren't paying, if you guys were listening to the fight, you heard that I inadvertently handed Kerry Davis a oh, particular question right there in the palm of his hands. He's got it right there. So he mentioned two Pittsburgh Panthers who used to come out to the Steelers field to practice after they did because, well, the Panthers used that. Two eventual NFLers. Daryl Revis was one of them. Who was the other future NFLer that Kerry Davis mentioned used to uh, come out to the Pittsburgh Steelers training uh, field after they practiced? So earlier back in the fight, you can go back to listen to it even if you want, um, Kerry Davis said it. Two Pittsburgh Panthers used to come out on the training field. Darrell Revis was one of them. Who was the other one? And you're very welcome for giving you that answer, Carrie. Yeah, All right. Make you. sure to text it. Coming up next, we have Rock and Roll <laughs> on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it's time for a little rock and roll. What you got, Rock? Well, we're getting all our textures in for the winner of the Bud Bash tickets, and of course, you get a Brad Thompson bobblehead. I mean, how are you going to want to miss that one? A couple more minutes, we're going to get people to answer our trivia question, and it's pretty simple. Earlier on in the fight, Kerry mentioned two Pittsburgh Panthers who used to come to the Pittsburgh Steelers training facility because, well, they share the same facility all the time. Darrell Rivas was one of them. Who was the other Pittsburgh Panther who eventually became a pretty solid star in the NFL? You can text right in at 314639969646 3-9-9-9-6-4-6-3-1-4-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9-9
Then a couple series later, they're going to be facing the Toronto Blue Jays. These are all teams that they're chasing. That will give clarity to owner Artie Moreno as to whether or not he's going to potentially trade Otani. And look, the right baseball decision might be to flip Otani for three prospects who can help you going forward. I mean... I say right now, Cardinals getting the sweepstakes. Better, best Three way to prospects. build for twenty twenty four. Getting Shohei Otani. Who, you, in the who are you giving now. up? Everything. Uh, everyone. For Shohei. Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, didn't you, Nolan yes. Gorman. Did you hear about the revenue that he brings in? Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm with Everything. you. Everything. Everything. Sell the farm. <sighs> Full Horschel Walker. No, that didn't work out. Full Herschel Walker. That didn't work out well. well no, Shohei Otani's not like 32. Shohei Otani isn't 32 yet. <laughs> I'm just How saying. Is he? He's 29. He's not a running back either. <laughs> He's um, not. He yeah. is both a pitcher and a hitter. And that, <laughs> that could be a little volatile. That could never bite you, right? What's wrong with giving $60 million to one guy? How could that ever work out poorly for a franchise? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see I, how it goes. If he, I, I didn't <laughs> like the prediction <laughs> that Eric had of the Cubs. I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like it when I um, read, you know, 10, you know, was it, I guess it would have been 2012 years ago that the Angels and the Cubs were the most likely team to sign Albert Pujols when the Cardinals let him walk. Oh. But yet we saw what Here happened there anyway. That's the, the the fact of the matter is one of your biggest rivals is uh, is in the second biggest market in the country. So them's the breaks. Potential. It's part of it. Do you have a uh, winner for the Bud Bash tickets? We do have a winner for the Bud Bash tickets. The answer to that question, Carrie Davis, because the first answer to the question was the easiest fight answer ever, and I want to apologize to Eric, who did a great job and tied. What the hell you apologizing apologize to me? I want to apologize, <laughs> apologize to Eric. What the hell are you apologizing to him for? He he will be on the fight on Monday with Randy. He won. You think that's going to go well for you? I mean, I, I fought tooth and nail there. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't give up. Just had a. Had a tough So the e- the first question. answer, very easy, was Darrell Revis. The second yes. answer, who was the other Pittsburgh Panther who used to always come out there? LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn Shady. McCoy. Yeah. They practice our facility. We share a facility with the Pittsburgh Panthers. And so when we get done with practice, they are generally going out to practice. Sometimes we would cross paths in the uh, lunchroom. I feel good. We all learned something together collectively on the show today that the Pittsburgh Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers share the same practice field. Yes. Well, their field is a little bit further. It's like five fields out there. That's something we have I, the first uh, three, and they have like the last two. It's something I didn't know. Yep. Learn something new every day, Rock. We share the same indoor facility. Yep. No more Pittsburgh <laughs> NFL or college football questions go. for Kerry Davis. Learn something new every day. And even when I give him one, he still loses. <laughs> Ow. Oh, oh. That's why, see, that's why I stir the pot. When people ask why, this is why. Rock is not innocent as he likes to portray. He likes to portray <laughs> this innocent, oh, woe is me. Why are you? No, hell no. He is the one that's. <laughs> oh, well, just another day. There you go, Eeyore. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Brooke. Today was awesome. Randy was. will be back on Monday, and uh, we'll have the adult back in the room, and we won't <laughs> be able to. <laughs> the Thank- adult. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Rock. Uh, coming up next, we have a balloon party with Who's in? Chris Kerber. Chris Kerber in a balloon party. We'll see you all on Monday. Until then, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.